You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street's my name is J.J. Jackson. On the show with me today, I've got Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. A fun show planned for you as we have got coming up here in about 10 minutes. Johnny Harris, the head women's basketball coach for the Auburn Tigers, will stop by and chat with us here in the summer to see what's going on for that program as Coach Jay enters her second season leading the Auburn women's basketball team. Last week, we caught up with Bruce Pearl on the men's side. Today, we're so thrilled to have the honor of catching up with Johnny Harris on the women's side of the basketball floor. We'll chat with Kevin Ives of Plainsman Parking Lot at 4.15. We've got birthdays in sports. We've got best and worst of the weekend, a nightly TV guide, our usual things taking place here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. And now, alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry, I hope that everyone had a tremendous weekend. We will be locked in and dialed in to Auburn baseball's Game 3 of their Super Regional tonight against Oregon State. First pitch slated for 6.30 Central Time over on FM Talk 93.9. So, uh, had the first Thunder Chickens practice of the season last night. And uh, all in all, a really good weekend for the majority of us. Want to also give a big shout out to everyone who participated in Poker Run. We had a very successful Poker Run with our Tiger Communications family over the weekend. And uh, glad that everybody was able to turn out there at Lake Martin and uh, be able to support a good cause. Really fun to see the folks over at the Sheriff's Girls Ranch this past weekend. So 887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 should you want to call in and be a part of today's show. Brant, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, and man, where to start? Uh, really excited. We got Johnny Harris coming up, and then Kevin Ives later. Uh, really excited for both of those for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Johnny Johnny Harris. I, I watched uh, a lot of their games last year. Attended one of them, and you know, it wasn't the season that the Tigers wanted, but you can tell things are really moving in the right direction there. So very excited to talk about uh, what she's building there. Uh, Auburn baseball, very big tonight. Going to talk about. Uh, Going to talk with Kevin Ives later, and. You know, he, he he's watched more baseball than all of us in this room combined, probably. <laughs> so uh, very, very excited to talk about that Oregon State game. I, I believe Trace Bright is going to get the start tonight, and he's coming off uh, probably the best start of his career uh, in that regional against UCLA. Yeah. So hope if, if he can even come close to that, uh, Auburn's got a really good chance. Um, uh, yeah, poker run, my very first poker run. That was a really exciting thing that we did Saturday. Uh, I had to wake up super early and – uh, go over to Lake Martin. Myself, Bill Bailey, and Steve from the Car Stereo Shop, and their driver Crash is his name. Yeah, which you know that when you're riding <laughs> with a guy named name. when you're riding with a guy named Crash, you know you're gonna have a great day. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, 
Uh, but yeah, it well, I, the irony of that is just now hitting me. Crash, but, yeah, who's yeah. driving? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's anyway, what I was thinking you were going with that. Yeah, but yeah, man, that, that that was an awesome time and such an awesome thing that this company does every year, and uh, it was really really cool to be a part of that. So very uh, very much did look for uh, very much looking forward to doing that again next year uh, already. But yeah, uh, a lot going on right now. A lot going on around Auburn. Uh, you know, it's always football season around here, and recruiting is in full swing and. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point today. So I'm doing great and locked in. Oh, uh, Thunder Chickens. Thunder Chickens uh, slow pitch softball. We're uh, off to a hot start. First practice yesterday. I am very out of shape. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I feel like it went okay. Not great, but okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the start Someone of the season. Someone hit a home run in practice yesterday. Someone did so hit a home run in practice. So we're already off to an amazing start, yeah, we are uh, indeed, which, uh, was, which was outstanding. We've got some people who can hit it hard, hit it far, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be yeah. – Eight days away. Eight days away from uh, our season getting underway. Cam, how are you? I am doing great. Had a great day uh, at Poker Run, just like you were talking about. A a very, um, very fun event. Very good event that, uh, like Brant said, that this company does. Um, Went and checked on the girlfriend post act app appendectomy excuse me right um so she's recovering well went up to uh, to jacksonville alabama to check on her and so everything is uh she's recovering well from that uh braves 11 game win streak how about it i knew i forgot something big time i mean that is just they just don't want to lose they don't want to lose and so let's just hope we can keep that going i mean you know facing the nationals tonight um I, I definitely uh, think we can are capable of continuing the streak. Um, so yeah, doing really really well. And also watch Steph Curry go crazy um, Friday night. So uh, also something unbelievable performance. We can talk about yeah. with the finals and see if the Warriors can't um, break this streak. Seven and zero. Boston is after a loss, and the Warriors are six and zero after a loss. So something's got to give eventually, maybe. Um, and so yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. So I'm doing great. All right, Tom, how are you? I'm great. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And it's, uh, Brent said it best. It's like, wow, where to start? Um, yeah. So much stuff going on, uh, with Auburn. Uh, ding dong, the witch is dead. That being Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some, yeah. some yeah. real catharsis in that. I, I, oh I'd like to, gosh. I'd like to, it would not be proper to do it on the air, Dude. but I would definitely like to put a B in Ooh. front of witches. <laughs> so, Dude, uh, I, I'm very happy that Tennessee and their antics. Got upset by Notre Dame. And some um, real shot in, in Freud in that. In perfect Tennessee fashion. Oh, if right. I, if very, I say very so. Tennessee yeah. thing. To, very <laughs> yeah. Tennessee way to go yeah. about doing all that. So, uh, yeah, glad, glad that that happened. And then, of course, all eyes on Auburn. Uh, big win in that opening game to get the 7-5 to five win over Oregon. Uh, and then last night, uh, man, that, that pitching performance from Oregon was dude. Just insane. Cooper yeah. Jerpy is he, the truth. He, yeah. he, Cooper, Cooper Jerpy had uh, that, that entire lineup never looked comfortable no, against never. him. They looked confused. They very rarely got good bat on the ball. No. Um, he just he had them befuddled, kerfuffled, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> that that lineup just never got a feel for what he was doing with that weird release, the that awkward arm yeah. slot that he has. Looks yeah. like Chris the, Sale for the Boston yeah, Red Sox. The, the movement that he had on on the pitches. He just had Auburn off balance all night. You kind of hope that once they got him out, and I hope he's okay. I, I don't know if he went out with an injury or if they yeah. updated what happened with that because he – Maybe so, he was he, just tired from the sickness. 
you know. Yeah, but they, yeah, but well, yeah, but I mean, the they illness. called they called the trainer out to him, right? Um, yeah, it's it looks like he after like the last pitch that he threw, I think it was a four pitch walk. Yeah. he like he started flexing his forearm or his wrist or something yeah. like that. So something so it's may like have something may have up. tightened up. But yeah. it, but he, I hope he's okay because I mean that that kid's uh, that kid's good. Uh, and so and, Auburn tries to go for the series and one and go to the College World get, Series a little bit later yeah. tonight. Let me get one phone call in here before we go to break, and Johnny Harris will join the show. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. You can visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Again, the head women's basketball coach of the Auburn Tigers set to join us here in just a few minutes. So we'll get one quick thought from Keith from Auburn. Our good buddy Keith from Auburn has called into the program as promised. He held true from what he said on Friday, and Keith's back with us here on a Monday edition of the program. Keith, it's been a little bit since you got the chance to chat with Tom Peavy. I hope you enjoyed the weekend with the family, and uh, thanks for giving us a call today, buddy. Hey, it's, it's great to hear from everybody, and uh, good uh, to hear Tom on the show. And, uh, you know, I miss all you guys. Uh, but, you know, I, I got to go back to Friday uh, when I called in. I said it'd go three series, or three games, and I said Auburn would win it. And basically what it comes down to, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. It's Auburn's number three pitcher against Oklahoma State. Oregon uh, State's uh, number three, yeah. Number three pitcher. So uh, who who is who is scheduled to pitch tonight for Auburn, and what's his record and uh, ERA? Yeah. Auburn's going to give the baseball to Mason Barnett, who's coming off his best performance of his season so far. He had uh, 10 strikeouts, a career high in that last game against UCLA, but had to be pulled because the game got delayed. It went into an overnight rain delay. Uh, So Barnett has been a midweek starter this season, an SEC weekend starter for the Tigers, and he's really played his best uh, down the back stretch of the season for the Tigers. So excited to see Mason Barnett get the baseball and take the mound. Yeah, it looks like he... uh... You know, you're putting a hand in a, a pitcher that's got a, a good idea of what it takes to. No kidding. Win, especially if he's pick, pitched on the weekends in the SEC. So now, and 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 help me with this. Uh, we got Ole Miss, Arkansas. Any other SEC school made it? Did Texas A&M make it? I'm not. Texas A&M yeah, did Texas make A&M. it. So and then Tennessee lost. So Auburn yeah. is the last of the five SEC teams that made it to the Super Regional round. So. Uh, so far, three for four from the SEC, yep. from Super Regionals on to the College World Series. Uh, Texas made it. Uh, they will be a future SEC baseball team, uh, as did Oklahoma. Oklahoma is heading to Omaha. So, uh, boy, you talk about the future of this SEC. My, oh, my. We talk about SEC football, but my gosh. Uh, yeah. And, and, I mean, the reigning national champions in the sport, Mississippi State did not make the NCAA tournament this season, and they are one of the most uh, storied baseball programs over the last five, ten years, and they didn't even make it this season. So uh, baseball futures look really bright in the SEC. Real quick. and, and Last Tom, thought for I, us, Keith. I heard your statement about uh, Tennessee, and, you know, I felt like that Tennessee would make the World Series, but they wouldn't win it. Because a lot of times you see that team that just, you know, blows through the regular season and, and does what it's got to do, and then – get to the end there and they kind of fall through it just happened a week too early i guess you could say i, I really didn't think they'd win it you know I, I felt like they'd get to the world series but i felt like somebody would would knock them off either in championship game or you know in, in the uh world series play so i'm not shocked 
uh, with that. You know, the luck of the Irish, uh, they roll on. Now they're headed to uh, the World Series, so uh, kudos to uh, Notre Dame and what they've done. Uh, but, yeah, Tom, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, it, it was kind of a good feeling to see them lose. Yeah. I can't get the – I can't get the dude out of my head that's rounding the bases. Shooting crazy, birds, crazy, you know, crazy. Keith, we got the women's basketball coach set to join us in a moment, so we got to let you run. Yes, sir. Y'all guys have a great day. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm going to try to call in tomorrow my last day off, so i got to get ready for uh, KB's uh, T-ball game. At, uh, Go get after it. We'll hear an update tomorrow, okay? All right, man. All right. Y'all have a good day. That's our buddy Keith from Auburn joining us here on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take a break. Johnny Harris joins us right after this on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry. As a, it's a fun Monday here in Auburn, getting set for a big baseball game a little bit later tonight as Auburn's in the Super Regionals taking on Oregon State. What we want to do right now is get the opportunity to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a very special guest, the current Auburn University women's basketball head coach, Johnny Harris, Coach Jay, set to join us here on the program. Coach, how you doing today? I'm good. War Eagle. War, War Eagle. Eagle. We're uh, we're excited to chat with you and kind of hear how things have been going. As uh, let, let's start here. It's got to be a little bit of a better feeling this time of year as opposed to last year when we spoke with you, Coach, because it was kind of a whirlwind going into your first season as the head coach of Auburn, and now you kind of got the idea of, of what it's going to take and that sort of thing. No, is it a better feeling going into the second year? Absolutely, it's a better feeling. And I guess it really started with the buy-in from our former players. Last year we had a lot of players hurt, um, a lot of people not bought in. So I, I really feel like our returners that are here now had a really, really productive uh, spring. Um, and now we have our freshmen in, and practices have been <laughs> just so much better. Coach, last year we saw your team pick up incredibly exciting uh, top 25 wins and upset some great programs, including a win over number four Tennessee at the time. Uh, what did that tell you about your team, and how can you build off these moments coming into next season? Well, it, it just tells us that, you know, when they buy in, you know, I, I, and I feel like this is one of the things that they got. When they buy in and do what we ask them to do, you know, you can throw records out out the door. You just can't be afraid. And we have a really good system, um, you know, and when we have enough players, now I feel like we have enough players. Uh, then, you know, you beat Tennessee, you beat Georgia, Georgia Tech, but then you ride two or three players the entire time, and it's really hard uh, for them to bounce back because they're, you know, first of all, they, they didn't, prepare for, for our style of play, but our style of play is what it takes to beat teams like that. And we, and we didn't have enough depth. So I think it, it allowed us to show them that, hey, this will work. Um, 
but you have to train for it. You have to prepare to play this way night in and night out. Uh, Coach, just going into last year, I, what, what do you think was the biggest learning curve for you going from being an assistant head coach to a head coach in your first year? Um, patience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, patience and, um, you know, one thing that um, I, I learned from Coach Blair and Vic and Coach Yao is you, you have to hire good people, and I, I think that was the first thing um, that, that was the first thing that, that I knew I had to do. And once I got those people in place, um, it was trusting and, you know, um, have, having, I, I guess I was comfortable that they knew what I wanted because I, had, I was out doing a lot. And I had to have somebody here that knew exactly what I needed when I'm not here. Um, that that I wasn't, I didn't quite understand how important that was. Um, and Vic used to tell me all the time, "Hey, you you know you take care. You have to wear all these hats for me." And and you know when he used to say, "I can't do it without you," and I'm thinking, "Yes, you can." But I now I understand what right. is, is so important who you have around you. And we're talking about that learning curve just from going from an assistant to a head coach, but part of that learning curve is also learning the players. There had to have been a player that really jumped out and surprised you uh, last year from the moment that you first got here and started watching these ladies work and to how somebody finished. So is there one particular player that you could think of that just really jumped out at you as a surprise for you? Well, AC. AC didn't, you know, she didn't play a lot the year before. Um her numbers were not great, um, and she became our, you know, our go-to player. Between AC and Honesty, they were our go-to right. players. Uh, uh, I, so I would say those two. Now, I knew how good Honesty was. I didn't know she was as unselfish as she is because, honestly, it doesn't matter if, she, if she's making a pass, if she's getting a defensive stop. I had to move her around and put her in several positions. So some nights she she wasn't getting her numbers, but she was doing what we needed her to do. So, um, so I, I would say both of those two were were um, really pleasant right. surprises for me. Let me follow up there. AC Aisha Kulabali to connect the dots for folks there. And then honestly, Scott Grayson. Again, we're chatting with Coach Johnny Harris, the Auburn women's basketball head coach. Uh, I had the honor as of the past couple of seasons getting to do a couple of these games on TV. I actually got to travel with Coach Jay and the staff and fill in for Britt Bowen one game at Florida this past yeah. season. And, and Coach, it was so much fun just watching the players. Anytime you go into a new season with a new coaching staff coming together and that sort of thing, the players really seem to enjoy being around one another. How does that happen? How did that come to be? Well, I think we put them in positions. You know, we did, we did a lot of team building, and I think we put them in positions to where they had to learn to trust and depend on each other. But also, I think they saw that with our staff. So I, I think our staff modeled that behavior, and so they were able to see it every day. And we talked about it every day, about, you know, how how you you're trying to make the person around you better. You know, it's just not about you. Um, you have to be very unselfish. And I think 
at the more the season went on, the better the better our team got at that. Coach, uh, we saw – I watched a couple of games last year, and I, I went to one game, and it seemed always that there were athletes from other sports in the stands cheering your team on. And last week we saw you and a couple of other coaches travel to Plainsman Park to support the baseball team. What does it mean uh, when all the athletics teams uh, from the school can come together and support each other like that? And how does that help you uh, as a head coach? You know, it means a lot. I mean, we – First of all, we sell that in recruiting, but we don't just say it. It actually happens here. Um, and, I mean, not just uh, men's basketball. They have been great, but football, baseball. Butch has been, you know, really good. We were together uh, for a little while at uh, Mississippi State, so I already knew him, and he's been really supportive. All the coaches um, and, and the student athletes support each other, and I, I just think that, is um, I think it starts from the top with Allen. I think that's part of his vision, and it just trickled down to the coaches and now to the players. And I, I really know I know that our kids love it when they can look up in the stand and see their, um, you know, uh, classmates or you know other student athletes in the stand cheering them on. Yeah. It, it just gives you a different energy. Uh, Coach, you and you mentioned all of the all of the uh, uh, athletic teams and coaches coming together, but but you're opposite of a guy like Bruce Pearl. I mean, do how cool is that working uh, on the opposite side uh, of Bruce Pearl? And do you guys kind of work together as far as recruiting? I mean, when you bring ladies in, is Bruce Pearl you know helping sell the entire program? I mean, but what's y'all's relationship like? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bruce Pearl has been amazing. He's really good. He's, um, you know, he's always coming by my office or I'm going by him. He's very encouraging. Um, so I, it, that means a lot. And not just him, his entire staff. But just to be able to work alongside him, he's, um, you know, always encouraging. There's, You know, when you're going through a season like we went through last year, there's a lot of times, is is you know a lot of times you're frustrated, um, but he was he was always there and you know I've been through that I know what you're doing you're doing it the right way, you know those words coming from Bruce Pearl meant a lot, um, but like I said he he's I mean he he's an awesome coach actually I I ran a couple of things that he was running and then I saw late in the season he ran a couple of things that we had been running that was <laughs> so, nice um, that's awesome. You know, and 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 that's what it's all about. Right. I mean, when when you talk about family, I really feel like, you know, he, he's part of our family. When we see you on Twitter, Coach, you're, you're doing the hashtag LGTW quite frequently. What does that mean? Let's go to work. So I like it. Let's go to work. <laughs> Tell us that. about that. Let's go to work. So and and then I told our team now, um, you know, we're going to work. Let's go to work now, so we can go to war in the fall. So, you know, we, we, we're putting in work now, but when it's time to play, we want to go to war. So that's going to change from let's go to work to let's go to war this, <laughs> this, this fall. Well, well, Coach, speaking of let's go to work, I mean, the work never stops. I mean, it, it, the, the, season, the season ends, but it's still going. What does the summer schedule look like for, for you and, and the team and all of your ladies? What does this summer schedule look like as we start looking towards fall and, like, really hitting it hard, getting ready for the season? 
Yeah, so our team right now, our focus, even from, I can go back to the spring with the returners, our focus was getting them bigger, faster, and stronger. Because most games we played, I felt like the athletes on the other teams were bigger, faster, and stronger than our team. So we had to address that first. And, and, and then bringing in these freshmen, um, it, just getting them acclimated to the way we do things, how hard, you know, we have to work. Um, we have a saying it's not what we do but how we do it that separate us um, and so just just making sure you know our focus is is getting them stronger bigger faster and stronger uh, first we're also so they they're meeting they're actually doing five hours a week of strength and conditioning and only three basketball right now we're going to transition for up to four and four you know, four hours a week basketball and then four hours a week strength and conditioning. But these first few weeks, I just have to make sure their bodies are ready. And speaking of let's go to war, what is the next biggest step you want your, want to see your team take this upcoming season? Postseason. Hmm. I want to make yeah. sure, you know, and, you know, last year, even though we only won 10 games, we were really, we were about 20 points. From, from being able to go postseason because we, we lost, you know, we just kind of died out. And a lot of that was because we weren't built for it. We didn't train for it. We didn't prepare for it. Well, now we are. Coach Johnny Harris is joining us here on Sports Call today. Got a few more for you, Coach, before we let you get out of here. Tell us a little bit about the newcomers. Who are going to be some uh, freshmen coming in or any possible transfers joining your program? Who are some names to watch out for with Auburn Women's Hoops? Well, our freshmen, man, they just bring a whole new, whole new energy. And I think the kids that we have, that our returners, um, they're matching that energy. Um, we have had kids. I mean, I mean we had a, 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 a kid in on an official visit this weekend, and I, we, we were doing a wrap-up meeting with her on Saturday morning here in my office, and. Um, so I'm looking up and I see kids in the gym. I'm like, wow, because <laughs> that didn't happen at all last summer. So it's just a, a totally different energy with these kids. Sydney Shaw is one I think you really would um, really can look out for. Um, Sydney is a guard from from Florida. Um, she is um, she's a gym rat. She plays hard. She's uh, very skilled. Uh, she's going to play combo guard. She'll play some point and some two. She can knock down shots. Um, she's just a, a physical, um, I, I want to say a point guard, but she shoot, she's probably our, our best shooter right now as well. Um, I, I would also say Carissa Richardson from um, Atlanta. She, she rem- I've always said she reminds me of Charles Barkley type. And uh, after my staff <laughs> saw her in individual workouts, they were like, she reminds me of Star- uh, Charles Barkley. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she is. She's tough. She's physical. She's not afraid. Um, so those are two right there that I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by AC. Uh, honesty, Romy is coming back. She's working hard. Jaquela, uh, who came in in December, you know, all those kids are working hard. I think Sanaya has gotten a lot better over the um, the spring. You know, she was able to go through the entire 
postseason workout with us. And this 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 was the longest postseason I've had in a long time. It's been a long time since I I didn't go to a tournament. So we were able to put in a lot um, just so that won't happen again. And I, I think that's everybody's mindset is we have to get better. Um, yeah. And and they're 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 in the gym working on it. Well, we're so excited to see what the team can look like this upcoming season. I'm glad you brought up Romy Levy, Coach. That's uh, the last player I wanted to kind of touch on. Obviously, a standout for the Tigers in her first season playing. You arrive on campus, and unfortunately, Romy had that knee injury that uh, cost her the entire season. What was it like watching her day in, day out, just the mindset of going through rehab, and now that you actually see her back out there on the floor, like uh, what does Romy look like going into this next season? Romy, I mean, she worked so hard. She, it, even before she got hurt, she was one of our hardest working kids. So, and she worked equally as hard to get back. So, I'm uh, really excited about you know seeing what she'll be able to provide from us. She's, she's very versatile. Um, she went through. She's you know non-contact right now, so she went through a couple of practices with us, and she looked as good if not better because she's gained a little weight which she needed to um so she looks she looks pretty good right now better than she did even when i first got here and she was healthy all right let me end with a couple of fun ones here to close out again johnny harris the head women's basketball coach for the auburn tigers is joining us here on the show let's put out a hypothetical game of pickup coach jay one i need to know the scouting report for you what's your game looking like if you were to start playing You're out on the floor. You got the jump shot working. What what does it look like for Coach Jay, the player? Yeah, you better guard me. (laughs) Jump shot. um, You know, I can shoot the three a little bit. Um, I don't know about getting back on defense. Now I'm, uh, <laughs> I might let you score so I can come back and get the ball. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But, yeah, I have the jump shot. I can use both hands. I can go left and right. So don't play me to the left just thinking, okay, she's going to go left and, you know, we're going to make her go left and she'll miss. Mm-mm. That, that's not working. Well, well see, I, what I want to know, if J.J. tries to D up on you, you're going to rough him up a little bit. You're not going to let him get away with anything easy, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, and no blood, no foul. That's, right. That's what I like. That's yeah. what I like. Coach, game on the line, all right, game on the line, would you rather have a timeout with 10 seconds left to draw up a defensive stop or the pressure of drawing up the game-winning bucket? So, game on the line. Yeah. Uh, you want to be ball. in the huddle of the defense or the offense when it's coming down to it? When the game is on the line, I want the ball. <laughs> All right. I want the ball. So, yeah, I want I, to I be able to drive. I mean, I'm comfortable either way with 10 seconds. But I, I, I probably would prefer to have the ball with oh, the yeah. game on the line. Offense all the time. I could get behind that. Have you found some fun spots that you've enjoyed visiting while you've been in Auburn, Coach? Or just kind of tell us what you've liked about living here on the Plains. Oh, I I love living here. Um, you know, I uh, <laughs> my fun spots are here. <laughs> Wherever there's sports, I've, I mean, I've been to a question. I've never been to a questionnaire before, but I went to a meet and I really, really enjoyed it. And I was talking to the fans, and they were filling me in on what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, uh, 
but just any of the went to tennis, you know, I, I had already been to soccer and softball and baseball, but, you know, just hanging around here on campus, watching student athletes and uh, just getting to know everybody has really been fun. I've, I've even hung out on the wreck. I, I went to the wreck and watched the um, – the sorority and fraternities tournament. <laughs> and so somebody asked me, are you over here recruiting? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm over here supporting. There you go. <laughs> but, but it was a lot of fun. So I, I just enjoy getting out and, and having fun. But, yeah, I hang out here on campus more than anything. That's perfect. Well, Coach, look, we have really enjoyed the time. Thank you again for doing this. Uh, let's close with this. How, how can fans support Auburn women's basketball this time of year, and, and how can we spread the message of what you guys are trying to build? How can we go to work? Let's go to work. We want to help you go to work, <laughs> Coach, so how can we do that? Well, first of all, we, we need butts in the seats. I mean, Amen. the games we won, we had butts in the seats, and, and – um, you know, they were loud, they were cheering, our students were amazing, but so were the, you know, so were the fans. We're going to get out. Our kids are, we're going to have them accessible. They love it. They've already done community service since they've been here, and they're, they're really good. They really enjoy going to the baseball game. And that, that first day I asked them to go, but they came back the, the next two games uh, just because they enjoyed it that much. So, um, I think this is a fun team, so you get to know them. Um, to get to know them is to love them. They, they're fun. They're good kids. They have really good chemistry. Um, and I'm just excited about, about our future. We're going to be younger this year, but we'll have a little bit more talent um, to add to what we already have. And I think we're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, well, Coach, and you, you talked about some of your favorite places to be and now talking about getting the fans involved. There's no better place to be after a game than at Tumor's Corner, and and oh, and hopefully absolutely. and and hopefully we're going to be seeing a lot of the fans and you guys at Tumor's Corner this this season. Absolutely, we plan on being there. <laughs> Coach Jay, thank you so much for the time. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. Okay, be well and enjoy the rest of your summer. Anytime. Thank you so much. And War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle Coach. That's Eagle. Johnny Harris, the head women's basketball coach of the Auburn Tigers, joining us here on the program. A lot of fun. Really important to highlight what they're doing. She's building a winner with Auburn women's basketball. We saw that this past season. Keep in mind, the year prior, the, the year right before Coach Jay got here, yeah. Auburn did not win a single SEC game, period. Did not win a single SEC game. A complete rebuild taking place. But, boy, are we excited about the, what this women's team can do so moving excited. forward. Uh, let's take a break. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of this. Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Brant and Cam. Man, we just had an amazing conversation with Coach Jay. Johnny Harris, the leader of the Auburn women's basketball team. 
What'd you think of that, guys? What stood out to you? How much fun was that? That was awesome. I, I mean, I've, I've been a believer of her since she really stepped on campus. I think she's... Uh, I think she is. I, she knows what she's getting into. This is a rebuild for sure. Like you mentioned before, we went to break. Uh, JJ uh, Auburn didn't win a single conference game uh, two years ago, and you know you're re entering into a total rebuild. But Coach Jay has pushed like, hey, she said it in there. It's not what we do; it's how we do it. We're gonna yeah. do it a certain way. We're gonna do yeah. it better than everybody else, and we're gonna build this thing up, and people are gonna buy in. Uh, and I think you, if you watch games last year, yeah, you didn't win a ton of them. But you saw these girls trying. You saw these girls fighting hard because I think they have bought into what Coach Jay is yeah. pushing. And I think going forward, Auburn's going to be in a good spot with her. Yeah, and I think she brings a, a really good, fresh mindset as well to, to the program, you know. Um, just kind of a new a new set of eyes. She's a first-time head coach running things her way. She's adjusting and learning on the fly. Um, but, I mean, like Brant said, you know, you can tell that the girls last season were trying. I mean, didn't win a single conference game the year before, and then you go out, and in your first season as a head coach, you beat uh, a Tennessee team that is historically and always good and that always beats Auburn. So to to do that, I think, was just a phenomenal even step forward in the right direction in her first year. So I think she's going to continue to be great and continue to build this program and make it stronger um, and bring us to some national relevance where we might have men and women's basketball being extremely good, and I would love to see that. And then you look back to that team that went winless in the SEC. Romy Levy was their top player all season long. Uh, the European product for the Tigers, a yeah. lefty jump shot just unbelievable Lefties stretch for incredible uh and, and she's going to be back she's going to be healthy tom and it was fun to hear her kind of talk about look uh, she coach jay had been on very successful staffs followed sure. vic schaefer was at texas a&m was at mississippi state has been in final fours and national championships she's never been a head coach before yeah. and now she's adjusted to what that looks like yeah, and, and yeah, it's a huge adjustment when when you were running your program and just trying to get everything, uh, get your team together, get your staff together, uh, start learning the the politicking side of things. Because I mean, you've got <laughs> boosters out there and donors, yes. and yep. and I mean, you've got to play that realm. I mean, Dang. and assistants do a lot of that, but not as much as the figurehead of the program. Right. So yeah, I mean, so many adjustments. But it sounds like she has adjusted great. Uh, like you may uh, has been mentioned, she put a great staff together, but then the players that she had returning, we kind of saw a different level of play there. Uh, and and now recruiting wise, they're bringing in some of the top talent, some top talent no that they, they had not been able to get in the past. Yeah. They're able to get in. Uh, she was known as a recruiter when as an assistant coach, and so that's kind of her, uh, her thing. that's her big thing. And yeah. so we're starting to see that come around. And uh, so, yeah, I'd say she she has definitely made the adjustment. And, and fortunately for her, she was brought into – she came into an athletic department that is a very family-oriented department. Yes. Yep. And she's got a guy like Bruce Pearl of the men's basketball team in the same building right there. You know that the men and women's teams work very closely together. I don't care what school you're in. Always um, do. They practice they, probably with each other they, sometimes. They're, they, right. They, I mean, yeah. they share a building. They're right there together. Uh, and for her to come in first year ever as a head coach and to have a guy like Bruce Pearl right there, I mean, you want to talk about somebody that could be a mentor. I mean, granted, he's not directly the women's coach or involved with the women's program, 
But to have a guy like that in the same building with you, show man, you, you want to yeah. talk about a mentor and somebody that can show like you the ropes of the university. Sure. Well, and like she said, he would come in and say, "Hey, listen, I've been where you're at. Yeah. It, it, you're doing things the right way." That's the kind of mentorship that you would expect out of a veteran head coach that is in the same building with you that you can learn from. Uh, that's got to make that adjustment a, a hell of a lot better when you have a guy across from you like Bruce Pearl coaching on the men's program and you have that type of close relationship that, that can do nothing but help you out and make the adjustments. I really liked when she said in the interview, you know, and early in the year we started running some of this stuff that the men's team was running and later in the year they started running some of our <laughs> stuff. So there was a That's lot of awesome. give and take between the two teams. So yeah, I, I think those two working in tandem is going to be nothing but good news. Big thanks for Auburn basketball, both men's and women's. And again, our thanks to coach Jay, for joining us here this time of year uh, to hear that players are already coming in for workouts when they weren't necessarily doing that a season ago. I mean, it's just a lot of steps in the right direction for this Auburn women's basketball program, which we can all be grateful for. All right, 334-887-3401. Toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the show. We go to the phone lines now. Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called in. Hey, Matt, how are you, buddy? Hey, where's my song at? We'll, uh, we'll get to that in just a second and say hello to Tom, Brant, and Cam. We get, we're pressed for time a little bit. How are you? Uh, hi, Tom. Hey, what's up? The sky, the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Give us a couple of questions. Hey, Brent. Hey, Brent. hey Cam. What's up? What's up, hey, man? Hey, how's it going? You guys keeping Tom straight? Doing Always. our best. Okay. Hey, I <laughs> want to talk about last night's game. It was like 0-0, zero, zero, and he... And like I know you guys are gonna say, and you know you guys don't like like this, but see, uh, Oregon State kind of got lucky. Put <laughs> that way, they did get lucky. But did, but do you think Auburn can win tonight though? And who's pitching for Auburn? Mason Barnett will pitch for the Auburn Tigers, and uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a one game baseball scenario. This is kind of what you dream for. This is what you think about. One game, nine innings, 27 outs separate you from the opportunity to go to the College World Series and to go to Omaha. So, yeah, I think the team's going to be ready. So, what, so like, uh, I was reading on my computer, so what do you guys think about most of the football players that Auburn, I, I guess, is like the 2023 quarterback and, the number, and Auburn signed, like, again, probably the number one punter? What do you guys think about that? I think that uh, Auburn's already off to a good start recruiting-wise. We know the football staff is busy with camps all throughout the month of June. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, an exciting time to be an Auburn Tigers fan. And as we get closer to the start of the football season, I think we're going to have some really fun updates. Hey, me and my dad were at the, when Auburn played uh, in the regional when they won. And I didn't see you there, JJ. At Plainsman Park this past weekend? Yeah, I didn't see you. Yeah, I wasn't uh, I wasn't able to make it over that way, but uh, I'm glad that but you got to go. It wasn't in the windows during the broadcasting. It was Andy Burcham and Brad Law. That's that's where they were. Uh, okay. Yeah. So so like so, you guys can ask you guys uh, this question for all you guys. Tom, you can answer this question. I'm gonna be nice today. All right. So like, if Auburn wins. Who would they play in college where she's got Oka, like uh, there's Ole Miss in there, Texas A&M. Yeah, uh, Ole Miss is our first opponent. Yeah, the first game would be against Ole Miss. Okay, so so if we beat Ole Miss, who would we play? Probably after that, if we beat Ole Miss. I 
think the winner of Texas A&M and yeah. Yeah. whoever. Let's yeah. worry about winning tonight, and, yeah. and, and then we'll kind of yeah. see what those matchups look like. Hey, but I was going to tell you guys, I'm going, I'm going to like a, to a friend, my dad's friend that works for Auburn, and he's going to try to take me to some games uh, this year. Cool. So uh, will you be at any of the games, JJ? The football games? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. Where will you be at so I can probably wait to you? Because I'll be in a section, like, in one where the exhibition stand is. Yeah. We're uh, the, we're in the press box. You can wave up to the press box. Okay, I'll try. If there I you can. go. Yeah, yeah. All right, you ready for all I do is win? Yeah. All right, here and we you go. Got, you got that thing with me. Though. All right, we got it. All I do is win, 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 win. No matter what. Everybody's hands go up. There you go. That was awesome. That was awesome, Matt. That was a lot of fun, man. You ready to do the cheer and we'll get out of here? Five, four, three, two, one. Whoa. Eagle. Hey. Yes. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you next Monday, okay? Hey. Hey, Cam and Brent. Yes, sir. You guys up? Help to, hey, JJ, keep a Tom straight. Will do. For sure. And, and, and I'll, call, I'll call next Monday. Is it, if it's going to be heavy, he'll $100. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. We'll talk to you then. Bye, buddy. All right, War Eagle. That's Matt from Tallahassee joining us on the program. We are going to have our buddy James from Montgomery open up the next hour with us. We'll chat with War Damn Steve as well. Got Kevin Ives from Plainsman Parking Lot joining us here on Sports Call. Always fun to catch up with him. But again, a, a really fun first hour. A good number of uh, conversations had about the play of the Auburn women's basketball program with Coach Jay, and then the big news tonight, we will have Auburn baseball taking on Oregon State. Tom, that's all it comes down like 27 outs. That's it. it. 27 outs. It's yes, a one-game scenario for Auburn baseball. This is, I mean, if you told anybody on the Auburn coaching staff, we promise you we'll get you to a Game 3 in a Super Regional, you just got to sign this dot. I, I promise they wouldn't care who. They wouldn't care where the game was played. Any team would sign up for a scenario here where all it takes is one game and you can make it to the College World Series. Yeah. But as Butch Thompson said uh, earlier, they're talking about titles. They're not talking about just getting to the World Series. Yeah. So this is this right tonight in their mindset, this is just another speed bump yeah. in in. in Still bigger dreams to be had, but as Coach Thompson said on the postgame show last night, we can't have those dreams if if we can't get there. And got to get a win tonight against Oregon State. The first hour of Sports Call has come to a close. Alongside Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy, my name is J.J. Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry. Uh, thrilled to have a great start to the week here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. And uh, let's make it a great full week. Last week was phenomenal. The number of guests that we had in our show. It was loaded. Uh, it was absolutely loaded. One of our busier summer weeks that's not SEC yeah, Media Day. So uh, this week we're going to try to do the same. We're going to try to keep it busy, try to get a lot of different voices to be heard on the airwaves and that sort of thing. And again, our thanks to Coach Johnny Harris for joining us on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program as we go now to our Auburn Bank phone line to open up the hour. And joining us now on the program is... James from Montgomery. All right, James from Montgomery has called into the program. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to you, good sir. Yeah, I am ready for this last game of Game 3 to see Auburn and Oregon State and seeing who's actually going to win in tonight's game as well. Okay, do you think Auburn can win and go to the College World Series? Um, yes, I do have uh, Auburn actually favorite to win and actually punching their ticket into the College World Series this year. I think so, too. They'd be going back to the World Series for the first time since 2019, and I'm hopeful that Auburn can get the job done tonight. That would be so exciting for them. Yes. Now, uh, for tonight's game, who will be actually uh, our starting pitcher to open up uh, the opening uh, Yeah, game popular question that we've been asked today, but Mason Barnett is going to be handed the baseball. So, do you think Mason is going to pitch well? Uh, yes, I think Mason Barnett, I think he's going to, he has a, uh, a good ERA, so I think he's a really good, uh, a really good Auburn uh, baseball player as well. And with that being said, I know he's a senior this year, so I'll probably see him like in the near future being in, in any team in the Major League Baseball uh, draft boards as well. Yeah, we hope that he has a professional career ahead of him. He is not a senior yet, though, James. So he, he does have some eligibility to come back and play for Auburn still in college if he would want to, but he is not a senior. Yeah, well, I do um, I do apologize on that one, but, I mean, with that being said, I mean, he does, he, he actually looks like a Major League Baseball yeah. player as well. So You're right. He has, he has like that, that, uh, that Atlanta Braves type 
pitching arm that we're looking for as well. No kidding. So we hope that Mason Barnett can have a great start. He is, of course, from Cartersville, Georgia, so I'm sure he would love to play for the Braves at some point in his career. Uh, But uh, we'll see what happens tonight as Auburn takes on Oregon State. We just interviewed the Auburn University women's basketball head coach. What did you think of our interview with her, James? I mean, it was really phenomenal to see, to hear, uh, you know, to hear the women. Yeah, to hear Coach Jay, to actually see uh, what I'll be looking at for this year and seeing if we're going to actually win some games this year. But I'm pretty sure that we might win some. And I think the I think the ladies they're they're going to bring the fire as well. I think so too. I think they're bound to have an amazing season this upcoming year. Honesty, Scott Grayson and Aisha Kulabali, our top players last year, are back. Romy Levy is back. I think it's going to be an amazing women's basketball team. Yes, as well because with those three uh, wonderful, beautiful ladies on their on the Auburn women's basketball team, I, I probably see them in the near future playing for WNBA. You know, in their near future as well, and they're and they're amazing ladies on and off the court, and, and seeing what they're going to do for Auburn this year. Yeah, they uh, obviously we hope that professional basketball is in their future, but. Our first concern is that they could be successful players for the Tigers and help Auburn possibly compete for an SEC championship. Yes, as well, because we do need another SEC championship in our near future as well. And I'm hoping on the women's side of things in Auburn, I'm, I'm hoping that we will have that uh, that SEC championship as height of championship run that we should be looking for as Auburn fans as well. Yes, we need to go on a big run and hope that this team can win an SEC title. Tell me something else that's on your mind. Well, I'm actually uh, looking at uh, the NBA draft and seeing who's going to be drafted in uh, on the NBA draft boards as well. And I know a lot of people are – I know a lot of uh, draft boards are actually looking at uh, Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, but I'm not quite sure that they're going to be ready – to actually punch their name into the NBA draft this year. So I think they might be coming back to Auburn and maybe try again in 2023 as well. So I don't yeah. see them. I don't actually see well, them being in the NBA as no, well. Let's correct you while we can. They're, they're, they're not coming back. They cannot come back first and foremost. And secondly, they will for sure be drafted into the NBA. Yeah. So they're going to get to play professional basketball, James, and they cannot come back to college. Yeah, Jabari, Jabari, James, Jabari might be the number one pick in the NBA draft. It's very possible that he will be the first name called in the draft. Uh, yeah, he would be the first name being called in the draft, but I'm looking at like other players that might be you know, called um, ahead of time as well, probably like the first or second round draft picks as well because um i think with jabari smith i'll probably see him if they actually pick him i'll probably see him going with like the los angeles lakers or the orlando magic just to throw those two teams out as well those two teams played in the 2009 nba finals do you remember who won that year um i think i remember the 2009 nba finals with the los angeles lakers i know it was uh, LeBron James, and I think with the Orlando Magic, I think it was, oh, I think it was Okiki. 
Yeah, if I'm saying his last name right. You are, but uh, yeah, Chuma would have been in like elementary school or middle school then. Uh, in the 2009 NBA Finals, it was Kobe Bryant and Paul Gasol and those guys. Derek Fisher, uh, they were taking on Dwight Howard and Jameer Nelson, Hito Turkoglu. Those were some of the stars of the Orlando Magic. Yes, I actually remember that. And uh, actually, for watching the 2009 NBA Finals uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers and, and seeing a young Kobe Bryant and, and seeing what he's, what he's really – uh, what he's really accomplished over the years since he's been with that team for so long, and a lot of people, you know, that you know that seen his his performance on and off the court. I mean, it, it was it would really you know inspire me as as to seeing a great great basketball player in Kobe Bryant as well, and um, and seeing some of the some of the things that he's done over the years in his uh, NBA career. So the Orlando Magic lost the NBA Finals. The Lakers won it that year in five games in 2009. Do you remember who won it in 2010, the very next year? I would have to say in 2010, that would be the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James. So, yeah, they unfortunately uh, they were close, but they, they were defeated by the Boston Celtics. The Celtics went to the finals, and the Lakers won it again. The Lakers won back-to-back titles in 2009 and then 2010. So the Lakers won yeah. it two straight years. Do you remember? Uh, yes, I actually did remember because I think that was when uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant actually uh, played their last uh, their last game. I think that was game seven of, uh, of, Sha- of Shaquille O'Neal's last game that he played with uh, – with Kobe Bryant as well. Yeah, not quite. Shaq left uh, a little bit earlier in the decade. That, again, was Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol playing together in the NBA Finals there in 2010. It did go to seven games, and the Lakers won game seven, 83-79. A very low-scoring game that was. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun series that they had. Yes, as well. And then for tonight, I'm going to see if Boston is going to sweep up uh, the Golden State Warriors tonight and seeing if they're going to win on uh, Game 5 as well to see if they're going to actually win on the road in Golden State as well. So I think Boston would win, and this will be their first time ever winning since, uh, I think they said since 2019. Winning what? The NBA Finals. Yeah, they haven't won since 2008. So the Raptors okay. won in 2019, but the, the Celtics haven't won since 2008. And if they won today, the series would still not be over. If they lost today, the series would not be over because the series is tied at two. Two games apiece. Okay, so if they win, and I'm actually starting on this one, I'm actually putting all the chips on the table, and I'm thinking that this game tonight will be three games to two for the Boston Celtics as well. Yeah, if they won, it would be 3-2, the Celtics lead. What do you think the score will be for tonight's game? Um, I'll have to say uh, 190 to, uh, I'll have to say 114. 190 to 114, oh my gosh. Yes, as well, because I'm actually, 
Um, I've been watching the NBA Finals for some years, and this will be like, you know, a really good, a really good thing to see a, a good historic team out of the Boston Celtics as well, and uh, seeing if Jason Tatum is actually going to do uh, really good for the Boston Celtics as well. Yeah, uh, James, let's get one more question in here for you. What have you thought of Steph Curry's play so far in the NBA Finals? Um, I'll have to say his playing style is is really remarkable. He reminds me of Michael Jordan as well. So he, he's done really good with a lot of things that he's done since Game 1 and Game 2 of the NBA Finals. But I'm just going to just start out. I think Golden State is not going to win tonight. They don't have no chance in any in any game to actually win a back-to-back title. So I think it will be their loss to actually lose to the Boston Celtics as well. So I think the Celtics might win this one as well because I think they really do need a good win as well. Yeah, they do. But uh, the, the Warriors would not be winning back-to-back titles. The Bucks won last year. So uh, we'll see. Should be a fun game tonight. James, let's talk to you tomorrow and see how it went, okay? All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. That's our buddy James from Montgomery joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. All right, we've got to take a commercial break. When we come back, our good buddy Kevin Ives, Plainsman Parking Lot, joins us next, coming up here on Sports Call. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. This is Jake Crane, host of The J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Moving on, on this Monday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. Uh, some deja vu, almost like uh, we, we look back at last week, right? And uh, Auburn baseball played really well over the weekend last weekend. And we were hopeful that by the time Monday's show came around, Tom, right, that we would be, you know, we would know what was next, right? Yeah. Right. But if you go back a week ago, we didn't because Mother Nature was a thing. Yeah. And during our show on Monday, Auburn was still. Having to close out UCLA, a game had to be resumed and that sort of thing. Given the fact that Auburn is playing a Saturday, Sunday, Monday Super Regional matchup with Oregon State, here we are on a Monday edition of the program, and we still don't know what's next for the Auburn Tigers. Is the season over, or are they going on to Omaha? We yeah. still don't know. We don't know. But Got a we'll, game coming up a little bit later tonight, and we will find out, right? Well, yeah, we will find out uh, a little bit later, and a guy that we're probably yeah, introduce our to... next guest for us, Tom. And well, get you know, start it. Uh, if you ever want to know anything and everything about Auburn baseball, other than talking to Butch Thompson, uh, the fan of all fans, if you're up on the parking deck 
taking in some games. Kevin Ives, Auburn parking lot, Plainsman parking lot. He is the guy. <laughs> Kevin, dude, your dude, your nerves. I know you get nervous anyway. You you you've got to you've got to have the butterflies already rolling right about now. I mean, I do. I mean, it's. It's gonna. It's not gonna be easy. You know. You know it wasn't gonna be easy. Sure. Um, this going into this weekend. I mean, you had a tall pass. Auburn's playing Oregon State for the first time ever. Um, playing. I think I had. I was trying to look it up. I ended up stopped looking. But this is probably the farthest West Auburn's even ever played in baseball. But going up to Oregon State, facing. You knew that you were gonna face one of the top, not only players in the country, but the top pitcher in the country, uh, Cooper Jerpy, who's their ace and Golden Spice finalist. Um, and you just knew you were going to be in for a battle. And Auburn kind of got some good news for that Saturday game. And Derpy was out for an unexplosive instance, uh, in, uh, illness. And Auburn was able to take game one of the series. Um, offense really came alive. The bullpen was a story in game one for Auburn. Right. Really holding down the fort and letting them extend a lead. And then Sunday, last night, Derpy was, was feeling healthy. He was back. And Oregon State kind of got a lot of their storybook fields out of the way for the regional. Jerpy was able to set a strikeout record, and um, their uh, highly talented outfielder's name is Casey right now. It's so hot right now. My car. Um, he he managed to uh, match their RBI record, and so Jerpy got his curtain call. And Auburn fell last night, uh, three to four. Sets up tonight's winner take all game at six thirty. Thankfully for Auburn fans. You're not going to have to stay up all night and watch it. The last few games started at 9 o'clock. and um, One ended after midnight. The other didn't end end right before midnight. At least it's a little bit more respectable. But, yeah, it's winter going home today. Um, And it'll be the only game in town. Stanford and UConn are playing the only other super regional game right now. I think uh, um, UConn was up the last time I looked in that game. But um, it'll be all eyes will – all college baseball eyes will be on Auburn. Um, winner will go to well, Auburn, Oregon State. Winner will go to the College World Series, and um, you've got to expect Auburn to be ready. I mean, they've not really lost back. They've only lost back-to-back games consecutively once this year. That was the first two games, the Mississippi State. And you know, I think they know what to expect. They they realize they kind of got Oregon State's best shot last night uh, when it comes to pitching, um, and so they you know they kind of know what to expect. They've seen a lot of events. They've seen a lot of Oregon State bullpen arms, um, and they know what to fix. They know for they know to have success tonight. The top of the order can't go one for fifteen like they did last night, um, and they know that they've got to clean up a little, a few things on defense. They kind of know, I think, what to expect. How Oregon State's going to play them um, defensively and offensively when they get guys on, and it's just going to be a battle. And I, I think that um, listen to some of the post game stuff. Last night and some of the interviews, I think um, listening to Bush Thompson talk, he's really embraced it. Like this is an opportunity, and they're not backing down in any in any aspect, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, uh, Kevin, how, how important uh, in a series like this is, was it to get that first win? Because I mean, last night with Jerpy out there dealing the way he was. You still just didn't feel like Auburn was under a lot of pressure uh, to like desperation mode because you still had that game. So how how big was it for Auburn to be able to pick up that first win? I mean, it was huge. I think the stat you'll hear repeated often um, throughout the Super Regionals that whoever the team that wins that first game goes on to win that Super Regional eighty percent of the time. And, and 
this season, that I mean, this this postseason, um, East Carolina is the only one that kind of didn't fit the test. They took their opener from Texas and then lost the next two. Um, but normally you kind of see that, and you, that's when Auburn went to the College World Series in 2019. They did the same thing. They had a great offensive output against North Carolina, struggled in game two as a tight, like, 2 nothing game, um, and then came out with an offensive explosion in game three. It, and it's huge to get that first game in because all that pressure is now off of you. Um, and so even last night, there was not a ton of pressure on Auburn except pressure that they would have created for themselves because you know you had a game in your back pocket. I mean, you know whatever's going to happen tonight, you still had an opportunity to play the next day, and that's what they have right now. I mean, now all the pressure is on. Now it's winter go home. And so I think it, it really amps it up for both teams. And you're going to – I mean, both games, regardless if you're an Auburn fan or Oregon State fan, and just a college baseball fan in general, both games, the first two games you see the regional, have been just fantastic baseball games. Um, so, you know, really well played, really close, really high-intensity games, not really blowouts, um, and there was drama all throughout the game. Um, and so just as a fan, it's good to appreciate. But I think tonight it's going to be even more so because both teams know what's at stake. I mean, they, they are as close as they're going to get without going to Omaha if you lose. But, I mean, that's, that's where you're going to end up being. So it's huge getting that first game. Um, and it's huge kind of how Auburn won that first game and having some confidence in those aspects of their bullpen. And also, I think one of the bigger things is those guys that gave Oregon State such fits, the left-handed pitchers that we um, that we tried out there, and we still have two, two left-handers um, that we've not pitched so far. You still have those guys that are potentially ready to come back tonight, and they've had a day of rest. Um, and I think that's big for Auburn as well because they were able to kind of get those guys out early um, and, and get a game to rest in if need be, and that was last night. Kevin, Mason Barnett getting the start on the hill tonight uh, had the start of his life against UCLA. Do you think he can replicate that performance tonight, or can he come close? What are you expecting out of Mason tonight? I think he can, and I think he's I, – I would think he would be up for the task because if you saw – if you want that UCLA game when he was pitching lights out, I mean the best pitching he is – I've seen him do this year. When that lightning delay hit, he was visibly frustrated because you know he had more left in the tank. And I think that he he has to be ready for this test. He knows, I mean, what what's going to be expected of him. Um, and he knows, I mean, he's had at least two other games to kind of get a tendency as what these Oregon State batters are going to do. Um, and I, I think it's good. I think it's a great opportunity for him to kind of excel and go to that next level. I mean, he can. I would expect him to replicate that, um, and I'm, I'm really hoping that he does. Because if he does, if he sets the tone early um, and he is able to kind of get Auburn into the game and settled in early um, and keep it a close game within those first five innings, um, I have complete faith in the offense from Auburn to, if they hadn't been already clicking, to start clicking at that point. Um, and that's really what you're kind of looking for makes today. You want him to go five strong. And then because Auburn's going to empty the tank at this point and, and try whatever they can um, to get guys out um, and just to get guys in for the score. So, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm hoping for this thing. The optimistic Auburn fan in me is hoping that he replicates that even more so than what he did against UCLA last weekend. Kevin, how have you felt about the umpires in this series so far, um, specifically the home plate umpire? And it kind of seems like the strike zone has been very small almost. Um, how, how have you kind of 
looked so at that Butch, and, and seen it. Butch called it a professional strike zone, um, especially that Friday game. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they rotate each time. And so you'll have a completely different strike zone today, so you don't know what to expect. I think with um, that first game especially, it was a very tight zone, and Auburn was able to really pitch to that and know what they needed to do. And it really benefited Auburn to have that tight zone because they knew they had to be extra aggressive um, on offense. If they weren't going to get anything outside, they were going to need to try to at least try to make contact with um, because or they were able to take a little bit more for that first game. Um, because it may be called a ball, they could probably draw a little bit more walls. Last night, I think that's really a situation of last night. It's just you had two different guys that really started that, that pitched in two completely different styles when you're watching Gonzalez and you're watching Jerpy. And if you're an umpire, it's hard to adjust your zone when you've got guys that are really coming from two completely different places. And so last night, if it looked like the zone was all over the place, I mean, that's probably a lot of human error because it's hard to kind of – the umpire's trying to pick the ball up for the pitcher as well as the batter. Um, and it's hard when you're going from one one extreme to the other when it comes to Gonzalez versus Jerpy. And so tonight, I don't know what to expect. Um, unfortunately, Auburn will be the away team, so they'll have first crack in the zone and see what it's going to be like. But I think Auburn is, is never going to make excuses about the, the pitching uh, or about the umpire. They're going to make sure um, that they adjust to whatever is presented in front of them. So you got you got to hope it's going to be a little bit more liberal because seeing some of these other game threes, like there's going to be a lot of pitchers used, and there's going to be a lot of variance when it comes to where guys are locating. And so as long as it's consistent, that's going to be the best thing. And as long as it doesn't kind of grow as the game goes, that's the only thing that annoys me sometimes about an umpire. If an umpire calls a game really tight to start off with, in the first inning, I want him to call it tight in the ninth inning. I don't like you zones that kind of grow as the game goes on because it gives the hitters it, it, it puts the hitters in an unfair situation because they're expecting something and all of a sudden the umpire's kind of changed what he's looking for and what he's determining is the strike. So, we'll see what happens tonight. Yep. Talking with Kevin Ives, Plainsman Parking Lot here on Sports Call, talking some Auburn baseball. Uh, Kevin, the one thing that I want to highlight here let you uh, talk a little bit about, you look in that first game, Trace Bright, he's struggling. I mean, just flat out, he he is he doesn't have it. He doesn't even make it through the first inning. Uh, and then you get John Armstrong, Tommy Sheehan pitches out of his mind. Carson Skipper, Blake Burkhalter. You look last night. Gonzalez has a good outing. He finally comes out and Chase also chases belt. John Armstrong. They come in and finish it off. This is these are two games. Game one with Trace struggling the way he was, that game could have gotten out of hand very, very quickly. You look at last night, Gonzalez is, p- is pitching great, but you have almost no offense uh, against Jerpy. That's a game that could have gotten away. How good has this bullpen bullpen been for Auburn so far uh, in this Super Regional? Because to me, it seems like they have just been absolutely outstanding in keeping these games either close or getting the wins. I think it's been, I mean, they've been the difference. They were absolutely the difference in the first game. I mean, Trey struggled in the first game. Um, that was a, a little bit of the zone. I think that was a little bit that first at bat um, kind of – their leadoff hitter, I forget the name, but Oregon State's leadoff hitter is annoying because he is that good at just getting pitches and taking pitches and, like, fouling guys off so that everybody behind him kind of, kind of knows, knows what to expect. Um, or has a good idea of uh, the pitcher that he's facing. Um, and Oregon State kind of fed off of that. The bullpen coming in on that Saturday game 
um, and how they pitched and really shutting down Oregon State, I think, I mean, that was the difference. That's what, that's what got Auburn the win. Auburn didn't need to burn through a ton of arms. Even last night, I think just holding the line like they did and not having these, you know, huge blowout games where you end up having to just start throwing guys out there, um, I mean, that, that would have been detrimental for today. I mean, you watched that a little bit last, late last night. You stayed up and watched or watched part of the East Carolina-Texas game a little bit. You know, East Carolina couldn't find an answer on the mound. And them throwing out, them throwing out whatever they could, see what it would stick, and just getting rocked really affected their offense in the same way. And so for Auburn, the fact that you basically have probably everybody that you could have available um, or that you would need to have available, you'll have available tonight. Because of how they pitched on Saturday and how they pitched on Sunday, just the amount of innings that they pitched and the, uh, the amount of pitches that they threw, it's really going to put Auburn in a good position today. Um, and you even look at Oregon State, what they did on Saturday, where they basically, basically pitched a different guy um, each inning in, in that game right. as, they, as they started to go out ahead. I mean, it might seem like a little thing, but now for an, if you're Auburn, You've at least that, you're probably going to see one of those guys again, and so now you know what, kind of what to expect. You kind of know some of their tendencies a little bit, and you've actually got some in-game knowledge on them. And um, so even if they pitched an inning, Auburn now has kind of a book on them. And you also know that tonight you're not going to have Jerpy, and you're probably not going to have Ferrer, who's their best reliever. You are going to have their closer, but I mean, if you look at kind of the stats um, and you know kind of the numbers on the rest of what Oregon State has left. On the mound, it is. I mean, it's they're going to give up some hits, and Auburn just has to capitalize. Um, and for Auburn, what they did on the bullpen, and with and how they were already, already able to shut them down, now you already got one way that you've gotten these Oregon State batters out, and now they can kind of work on that second and third way to get them out. And so it's going to hopefully keep Oregon State off their toes a little bit um, and give Auburn a little bit of an advantage on the mound. Kevin Ives is on Twitter, at AUPPL. We'll be following you throughout tonight's game and certainly hoping that Auburn can get it done and punch their ticket to the College World Series for the second time under Butch Thompson's leadership. Kevin, as always, we appreciate our conversations. We hope we're talking next time with you about a continued Auburn baseball season. Thanks for the time again today. Enjoy the games tonight, all right? I will. Thank you. War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our buddy Kevin Ives joining us there on Sports Call. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. Auburn looking to knock off Oregon State once and for all and punch their ticket to the College World Series. Coverage with the Auburn Sports Network. Andy Burcham and Brad Law starts at 6.15 on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Let's take a commercial break. When we come back, retired Wardam Steve joins the show next here on Sports Call. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Welcome back in. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, Cam Barry. It's been a fun show. We've chatted with Johnny Harris, Auburn University women's basketball head coach, Kevin Ives, at AUPPL on Twitter, the Plainsman parking lot account. Uh, we've had plenty of phone calls, and we want to keep that going. As we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line, our next caller has been patiently waiting. I know that he's enjoyed our conversation so far, and now he gets to chime in himself as we go to the phone lines. Joining us now, War Dam Steve. Retired War Dam Steve, kind enough to join us on this Monday edition of Sports Call. Hi there, Steve. Well, uh, I'll say this. <laughs> it's a thunder chicken. It's thunder chicken season. That's incredible. Oh my gosh! Okay, with that having said, I enjoyed uh, the interviews with uh, Coach Harris and definitely with uh, Mr. Iverson. Uh, I hope he's on target tonight because uh, last night, you know, these midnight games, I tell you, they were getting a, a bit uh, exhausting. Yeah, hard to uh, stay up to for. Least. And we, I, I, you know, I hate to talk to all down fan, but we should have won last night's game. Uh, you guys may see it differently. Uh, I think had it not been for, unfortunately, you know, Mr. Gonzalez's throwing that should have been a, a, an easy out to second base and went to the outfield, uh, we probably could have at least tied him and gone on to win. But do you guys think that was a crucial, you know, point of the game or probably those two home runs that Gonzalez gave uh, still would have gone ahead and, and had us lose? Ultimately, right. every run at the end of the game was critical. Yeah. But when you do put a runner in scoring position – yeah, two, two errors I mean, uh, by Auburn, both by Auburn pitchers, gave up two, two two unearned runs, and you lose that game by one. So, yeah, definitely a big deal. The the biggest was Ossips. Uh They had the guy picked off at second, and he just misfired. Uh, I mean, just a very easy throw from the pitcher's mound to second base, and he short armed it and and threw it into the outfield. That would have Auburn would have been out of the inning. That would have been out three. They had the guy picked off. And you're out of the inning. As it is, that guy goes to third. The very next batter blasts one into the into the outfield, uh, and you score a run, and you would have been out of the inning. That that's a that's a tie game at least uh, going to the end. So yeah, Auburn uh, missed some opportunities there, uh, even with uh, a pitcher like Jerpy out there who just had Auburn just befuddled the entire time he was out there pitching. Auburn was still in it, and yeah, there were two very costly errors, but the one the the pickoff was the real kind of one that kind of is the kicker that hurt you the worst. And thank goodness our defense. uh, Was it uh, uh, Brady Moore that uh, caught one that looked like it was going to land, and he just slides and and makes that tremendous catch in the outfield? There were two. There were two, like, right back-to-back because uh, um, Casey Howell had the one in center. Uh, Uh, Gallo? Was, I can't remember his name, but the right fielder, the freshman right fielder, um, ninth in the order. I think his last Bello. name is Bello. Bello, Bello, not Gallo. Excuse yeah, me, Bello. Bello Mikey had, Bello, yeah. yeah. Bello had the had the nice catch in right field, and then Howell had the one in center field right after that. So, yeah, two big-time plays in the outfield to uh, to take away hits. And then, of course, Auburn's able to take advantage where uh, a shallow fly ball that their center fielder was not able to make a diving play on uh, helped Auburn. So, uh yeah, Auburn Auburn definitely got the big help on the uh, in the outfield with some of those catches. All right. Now, you know, uh, as an Auburn fan, according to Mr. Brooks Cost, I just read a quote here, this is what we signed up for. Yeah. So uh, there's some people that, that uh, their bats got to come alive tonight because last night they, they did not come alive. And I'm talking about Mr. Who, Sonny D. Oh, yeah. 
kept striking out. Yeah. Uh, yeah Blake Rambush has been way yeah. quiet for the Auburn yeah. Tigers, who the, led the, the top, SEC in hits. Top three in the order, I think, were one for 15 last night. So, yeah, that's definitely got to be better. Foster and, and Brooks Carlson. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness for, for Ray Moore because he kept uh, getting hits no matter what. So, uh, I really like our chances tonight, guys, because if, you know, we went through a bus all last night with some nasty pitchers on their end. Uh, Forget their starter. Then for Ferrara, is that his name? Yeah, Ferrer. Yeah, for I mean, he was nasty. Yeah, he he was. You, you felt a, you at least to me, it felt a little better once Jerpy was out of there because I, they they had no idea what to do with Jerpy. That was just a that's a major league pitcher that yep. they're they're going up against right there. I mean, it, absolutely major league stuff. Uh, you felt a little bit about better when Ferrer came in, but I mean, he he was dominant as well. Um, so, yeah, you, you look at the lineup at the top of that lineup. Yeah, it's got to get better. But, I mean, the top of the lineup was – they were fine in game one. Uh, uh, you know, they, they had hits across there. Foster had a hit. Uh, Deshara had a home run. Bobby Pierce had a hit. Uh, you know, they, they were having hits. Now, Blake Rambush, uh, that's back-to-back games that he's gone over for. You got to get more out of Rambush in that leadoff spot. He's the SEC hits leader. Nobody yeah. had more hits than Blake Rambush this entire season. Auburn needs him to get going to set the table. Right, and you know, um, I don't care too much for their antics. Uh, the Oregon State team, their players, uh, a bit arrogant. It was one of their pitches. I think it was uh, on Saturday night game. Uh, he was mounting off toward the umpire, and they uh, finally just, I guess, took him off. I don't know if he was yeah. suspended. But you remember that? Yeah, it was a and a strikeout after Bobby Pierce. They kind of had right. a back and forth going, and and yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't the greatest. Uh, but I know exactly what you're talking about, Steve. Okay, all right, moving on, guys. Uh, staying with. Uh, the uh, Corvallis uh, 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 location, I looked on the Weather Channel, and right now it is a uh, torrid 58 degrees. And at game time, it's going to be even more torrid, 60 degrees. And by the end of the game, it'll be a mild, balmy 55. And here it's 90 degrees, guys. Wow, what a temperature difference. Yeah, you can watch on TV, and I mean, uh, they're all bundled up out there. Uh, I mean, 55 degrees. You got to remember that where where they're at in Oregon, uh, they get a lot of rain. It, it's a lot of times it's very dreary, rainy, and cool. It, it never just gets just scorching hot out there, uh, or just very rarely. So, uh, yeah, 55, kind of dreary, rainy. Um, yeah, it, it's dev- the good thing is Auburn has been out there now enough to acclimate to that weather. Uh, now it'll be a it'll be quite the uh, shock for them when they get back here into town and they're having to deal with uh, heat indexes around 108. It's quite different than what they're dealing with out there. I, I would definitely yeah. take that weather out there right now than what we got here. Tom or rest of staff, you know, I've been wondering about this. You know, I read that a team had had to uh, stay in a hotel about 90 minutes away, yeah. and I'm thinking, wait a minute now, this is a visiting team. They don't have uh, VIP reservations at a hotel made for them by Oregon State or anybody else? Yeah, see, and I, I, don't, know, I don't know exactly how that works. It's been talked about, it, you know, it, they do have to go about an hour. It's, um, it, yeah, it's about an hour drive uh, for them yeah. to get to the hotel. Now, there are some very small hotels in Corvallis. I, I looked at a, a map. There's literally a hotel right outside of their football stadium, but I think they're probably smaller hotels that you can't accommodate uh, an entire team and staff like that. And several things. It's a week prior. You don't have as much time to make reservations once you know where you're going. Secondly, the NCAA track and field championships are currently taking place 
in Eugene, Oregon, and in Corvallis, those two schools, 45 minutes apart. So the entire NCAA championships are taking place out there, and both schools are going through the graduation process right now, with that being said. So uh, it was really difficult to find hotels. Okay, moving on real quickly, guys. If you haven't read this article, I strongly recommend you if you're an Auburn fan, even if you're not. It's by Nathan King. He wrote today. It's called How Auburn's Cadillac Williams Got His Nickname. Have you, have you read it yet? Uh, well, so now I remember the story when he got recruited. It was a, a sports writer, a local sports writer uh, in Atala. It was in Birmingham. I know he was from Atala, uh, but yeah, it was a local sports writer. Um, just called him uh, Cadillac, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah, well, uh, it didn't stick too well with uh, Mr. Williams because he hated it. <laughs> he did not want that name because why? At that time, Cadillac didn't have any sports cars, and he saw himself as being a Ferrari is, is what I'm reading here. Right. So he, he said he just – but anyway, uh, you're welcome to read the article in its full context. Moving on real quickly, guys, um, and you people may say, Steve, you're being a dead horse here, but if I'm being a dead horse, so is Mr. Michael Rosenberg on Sports Illustrated. And the column, if you haven't read it, you might want to read it. It's called Once a Man of the People, Phil Mickelson is now only about money and himself. Have you read it yet? I, I have not read that. I, I know what they're talking about. It's with the whole LIV tour. And, I mean, he's been very outspoken against the PGA. Um, I don't know the inner workings of what all is going there. On, on the surface, it does seem like the guys like Phil Mickelson and uh, Dustin Johnson, it does feel like a lot of these guys are chasing the money to play in the LIV tour. Um, but I also I don't know about what's going on behind closed doors and what kind of agreements or disagreements are going on between the higher-ups at PGA and, and Phil Mickelson. But, I mean, so what if they're chasing money? Everybody likes money. Why not? I, well, it's just some of the hypocrisy that the, the sports columnist writes about in his statements. He contradicts himself at one point and says something else. And apparently, I didn't know this, maybe you guys knew it, he has a rather uh, severe gambling addiction, which he even says in his press conference today that he – is trying to address. I guess you guys knew about that. Um, so I have heard, I, I have heard people talk, and I've seen it written somewhere that uh, that yeah, Phil Mickelson has, has been known to gamble. I've heard, I've heard even worse rumors that he was like had uh, cured like some major uh, debt uh, in gambling, and part of him wanting to go to that LIV tour, LIV tour. And the chance to make a lot more money is to be able to pay off some of that debt. I don't know how true that is. This is just the speculation and this kind of the rumor mill going out there uh, about him. But you know, I that, I guess that's just between Phil and Phil and PGA and Phil and the LIV tour and however that wants to work. But good luck yeah, to him. Uh, Tom, it's not a rumor. Um, he admitted to a press conference this morning that uh, he's having to uh, address some serious uh, addiction. Uh, uh, issue that he has. So, yeah, he, he admitted to it himself in this yeah. article. Uh, but moving on real quickly, guys, it never ceased to the end. Uh, football season is going to be uh, really uh, entertaining. I get this from Yahoo Sports 37 minutes ago. This column is entitled, A&M versus Bama Feud Continues. Have you come across it yet? It's a podcast. I haven't, no. no nope. Well, I'll give you, you – know, there's a bunch of other items in this podcast. I haven't listened to it yet, but here's a brief rundown of what's in the podcast. Okay. A Freedom of Information Act uh, request has unearthed an email from who? Texas A&M leadership asking what? Asking the SEC to suspend who? Nick Saban. And fine who? 
Alabama. Nick Saban. Yeah. Have y'all heard about that? This is news to me. Yeah, I I heard about that. Yeah, I read I read I that it. in a, a headline this morning. Uh, it doesn't shock me. I think it's kind of funny. So I mean, where do you think it's going to go, guys? I don't. No, I nowhere. Think, I think the puni- all the punishment that has, is going to be dealt out has been dealt out already. Yeah, the SEC. Uh, uh, Greg Sankey publicly reprimanded both uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, and I think it's been dropped, and that's going to be it. Now it's going to come up at SEC media days here. Uh, in a month or so, people are going to talk about it, and it's going to be rehashed over and over again. But ultimately, the punishments have come out with the reprimands. There's not going to be any fines. Uh, the fans are going to be back and forth with each other, especially once they get ready to play each other. But And once, Alabama's going to win that game by 40 and, anyway. And, and, so. the mm-hmm. and then once the two teams line up on the field, there's not going to be any of the you know, thinking about what happened then and there. Once you line up on the field, all the narratives are out the window. I mean, it's you just line up and play football at that point. Okay, so you're saying this uh, – I haven't heard the podcast that this SEC um, request to suspend finance has all been resolved. It's, that's nothing ongoing then. Uh, my, no, my, then. Yeah, my understanding you, is once the reprimands were made, then that was it. Yeah, you said that that email was brought forth because of a, a Freedom of Information Act. That, that email right. was sent forever ago. That's not a, a new development. Okay. All right, got it. So, guys, at least we don't have to wait, you know, and fall asleep uh, until midnight uh, to watch this show. And there is only a game to delay our start, right? Correct. Only Mother Nature at this point, yeah. Thank goodness. Okay. So, enjoy the the conversation you have with everybody today, guys. Thank you for taking my phone call, as always. Uh, I'm going to know my time is way up. I uh, hope you guys uh, will uh, enjoy tonight's uh, entertaining win, because I'm hoping that our guys know this is what we came to Auburn for. So with that said, guys, have a safe, relaxing afternoon and evening. Until tomorrow, War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our good friend, retired War DM Steve, joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401 or toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 Yeah, time zones are real. Uh, with Auburn having played in the Pacific Northwest. Obviously, those games were going to get started at later hours. We saw a lot of lengthy rain delays as well at some of the games across the Super Regional action, particularly in the the state of North Carolina. Uh, We saw a good number of them with uh, UNC and and East Carolina. Well, the East Carolina Um, game was still going on after Auburn and Oregon State got done all the way out in Oregon. That game was still on last Out there on the East Coast. Uh, But uh, we'll see what Auburn can get done a little bit later tonight when they take on Oregon State. We have concluded the second hour of Sports Call. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. 
Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap Enable to Use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, Hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. As we move forward here on this Monday edition of the program, let us do this. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Yep, it's time for our Daily Show Recap. We were asked to repeat what we've said so far. So, uh, Tom Peavy, what's been happening so far on today's program? Well, well first of all, we had a, in the first uh, hour, we had a great, great conversation with uh, women's ba- Auburn women's basketball coach Johnny Harris. Uh, an incredible conversation with her talking about uh, her first year here yeah. on the Plains and what they're doing looking forward to her second year. So great conversation there. Uh, moved on, and we had a great conversation with some Auburn baseball with Kevin Ives. Uh, and then we've had some great callers. Yes. Uh, so, we, yeah, I mean, fortunately for us, this has not been one of those where you've had to hear a lot of our voice. Yeah. It's yeah. been, it's been, been a lot of – been able to hear from others. It's, it, it's literally called sports call, not us – it's not four dudes sitting around talking yeah. sports. So that's yeah. what a podcast is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> four dudes and microphones. That's right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, some great, some great guests, some great calls. Uh, just recapping the weekend uh, with Auburn baseball and kind of the uh, super regionals as a whole, and then you know looking at the four, looking at the future of women's basketball. Yeah, make sure you go check out that conversation with Johnny Harris again. Auburn did not win a single SEC game two seasons ago, and they had a couple of top twenty-five, top five wins at home inside Auburn Arena this past season. Let's go back to one of the questions I asked her, though. And I would encourage folks, again, to go and be able to to listen to all of uh, the conversation with her. One of the final questions that we asked Coach Johnny Harris was, okay, Coach, 10 seconds left in the game. The game is on the line, and a timeout is called. A head coach calls a timeout. Would you rather be the coach in the huddle that's drawing up a play for the game-winning bucket, hmm. or would you rather be the coach that's trying to get the puppies organized and in order and trying to come up with one last defensive stop? And Coach Johnny Harris told us she wants the ball. Game she on the said, line. She said, give me the ball. Give yeah. me the ball. What do you guys want? If you were the coach in that setting, yeah, you finally got the opportunity to be the head basketball coach somewhere. We can even say this is sixth-grade rec league that we get to be <laughs> the head coach of a team yeah, yeah, yeah. do you want the ball in that last huddle drawing up a great play or 
do you want to be giving out the defensive instructions? I want the Lord. ball. We're we're gonna yeah. lose a lot of games, but I, I think want the uh, ball. for sure want the ball. I think I think getting the ball is the is the right call there. Well, I mean, I mean, I just want you know. So if I, it, I would you would you rather have the lead and be trying it, to hold on to it? See, and that and that's, that's exactly that, that's circumstantial. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, Wait, I, this, this entire hypothetical yeah, is circumstantial. Yeah, yeah. I I I personally, if, if I'm in the final ten seconds, I, I want the lead. I want to have the right. lead. And that, but then that's the difference. Do you are you looking at final ten seconds with the lead, or are you looking at the final ten seconds tied? JJ, I need a we need a we need a breaker. I just said game on the line. It's, so it's game how on the line, you know because I, I framed it, the coach with game on the line. So well, all right, I want the ball. You, I still want the ball. I didn't yeah. give that much great specifics for I, the question, but I she still. did. I that's a basketball coach. She yeah. didn't ask for all these specifics. No. She well, just yeah, said game on the line. Yeah, I want the ball. I, I still want the ball. Yeah, I agree. I I still. I still want to draw up the. Final I don't play think in this setting, put, in this setting, the way I po- pose the question to her, I don't think the game can be tied. You know, because we're not playing for overtime here. Right. Game on the line. Do you want to have to come up with the game-winning bucket, or do you have the lead with ten seconds left, and you want to be giving the instructions on how to get this last defensive stop so your team wins? I want to try and get the stop. I want to try and yeah. get the stop. I, I'm go. I'm looking at it in the sense of game is on the line. And it, we're we're winning this or we're stopping it. And in that case, I I, I want to stop it. Um, no, no, I'm yeah. Well, I know. But I say I don't know. I just That's, what are you talking about? Like we're winning. Yeah, we're but we're winning. But but if you say game on the if line, if I have I'm more points than you, the offensive play, then the game's on the line that we're down one. Then I want the ball. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're down with ten seconds, yeah, you want the ball, right? If I, I mean, game winner, right? I mean, I mean, game winners I, I think, are great, but do you know why game winners are so great? Because they're rare. They don't happen I mean, every game. Those, still, those I, that's the thing. Those I, buzzer beating threes to win games are awesome because they don't happen every day. Yeah, that's why I think I think you're in a better situation if you're on defense. Trying statistically to, speaking, you are right. There, well, there you go. Statistically right. speaking, you're better off on defense being able to stop something. Call me Lane Kiffin. Then you're trying to draw something up. And Which means, Cam, if you're able to draw something up, more power to you because that's absolutely. an amazing coach right absolutely. there. Absolutely. I want you to have hey. the ball. I like your mindset. Hey. Let's go get the job I'm done and let's win the game. I yeah. want to win. He said, I'm dub. getting the dub. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But you want to get the defensive stop, Tom. If uh, well, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at it in the scenario of uh, either either game is tied or you've got like a one point lead, right? And game is on the line. I, yeah, I mean, obviously, I would like the ball in my hands, but to get the ball in my hands, I've got to stop them from scoring. And and your chances are a lot better of getting that dub if you're able to get that stop. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of our program as Defense we go back wins championships. to the phone lines. <laughs> uh, let's bring on here to the show Keith from Auburn. Keith is back with us here on the program today. Hi, Keith. Hey, guys. I, I wanted to take a minute to address Steve's uh, comment, but before I do that, you guys were talking about with the game on the line. If I've got a one-point lead and the game's on the line, I'm going to have my best foul, foul, uh, free throw shooters out there, and I want the ball. If I'm down one and the game's on the line, yeah, you call a timeout. I, I want my. I, I'm, I'm playing defense because 
Uh, no, excuse me. If you're up one and the game's on the line, um, the flip side of that is the percentages are lower if if you're shooting the ball than they are if you're trying to get a stop. Right. So if I'm one, uh, I probably want to play defense. Uh, well, I don't know. There's 10 seconds left, so that's kind of- yeah. I'm just like, how can I win this game? That's what I want to do. Exactly. Find, find at the end, at the end of the day, we just want to win the game. Yeah, I got you. But anyway, I, I wanted to get uh, the only reason I called in. I wanted to comment on Steve's uh, address. Steve's comment about Nick Saban. Okay, how, how many times we got to go over all this, and it, we're going to go over it again in SEC media days, and that's fine. Jimbo says he's moved on. Nick Saban says he's moved on. Uh, and if Steve's that possessed with having Nick Saban suspended or fired or whatever, well, I, I've got uh, – I want to tell Steve this. Even if, if Nick's suspended for a year or he's fired, it's probably going to take three years at least from a talent level for Auburn to catch up without Alabama. So it doesn't matter who the coach is, you're still looking at the same outcome for the most part. I've never seen a guy so obsessed with having Alabama and Nick Saban not at the ham. Uh, It it doesn't look like he's going anywhere in the next two or three years. His health's still there. Uh, But if if, if he was suspended, uh, I mean, uh, Auburn and Alabama play where this year? In Auburn? Uh, In Tuscaloosa. Okay, I take my chances with whoever the head coach is in Tuscaloosa. Now, I'm not saying that as a knock against Brian Harson, but I'm just telling you from a talent level standpoint, there's a difference between Auburn and Alabama right now. Yeah, Keith, Keith I, I'd argue that there's a difference in talent between Alabama and just about everybody in college football, not just Auburn. And I understand that you're saying this because you're responding to Steve, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Alabama's just miles ahead of all but two or three other programs in college football as far as uh, just straight-up talent. And you go you go right back to what I said earlier about Tennessee losing in uh, the baseball Super 8 or whatever it's called, Super 16 or, or whatever. Alabama, on paper, may have the best team in the country this coming year, and it looks like they probably do. But that doesn't guarantee that they're going to make the college football championship game because they play some tough games on the road. I mean, uh, obviously they got A&M at home. Everybody's going to watch that game. I can't wait. I'll just be honest with you. If Bama doesn't beat them by 28-plus, I'll be shocked. Okay? Now, I'm not saying they'll win all the games up to that, but I promise you when A&M comes to Tuscaloosa, it – it's going to happen, okay? Now, moving forward, they got LSU on the road. They go to Tennessee. Tennessee's dangerous. I mean, they got a quarterback that's, uh, you know, most teams that have heard Alabama have a quarterback that can move in the pocket yeah. on the football. We saw good things out of Hendon Hooker, Tennessee's quarterback yeah. next season, yeah. and expecting more great I, things this year. Yeah, there's no doubt he's going to be better than he was last year, and Josh Hoppel, has done an absolutely remarkable job in his first year at Tennessee. Right. Uh, I, I don't know what your record was, seven and six or, or, or seven and seven, but you know, don't don't count the bowl game. Sure. That was that was taken away from him. But um, 
you know, year in, year out, it's going to be a battle. Whoever gets there, uh, you know, and I don't – I assume Alabama's the preseason number one. I don't know. I know they got the best offensive player and they got the best defensive player. So I'm guessing they're pre-ranked number one. Correct. I don't watch all that stuff. I start watching when the game starts. There you I, go. I don't recruiting. I, I don't care about any of that stuff. Nick Saban spoiled me. Okay. I just watch the games and say, okay, we're going to win. You know, that's my expectation. Uh, do they lose? Yeah, they do. Is it the end of the world? Not for me. You know, there's a lot more going on in life than Alabama winning a football game or losing a football game. That's right. But Steve seems like it's all about how to get rid of Nick Saban. And, Steve, if you're listening, my friend, and I respect you, I love hearing you call in, but even if Saban's not there, it's two or three years down the road that Auburn can compete with Alabama from a talent standpoint. I'm not saying they can't win a ball game against Alabama. I'm just saying – from a talent standpoint, if you look at rosters, there's a big difference there right now. Uh, can Harson get them there? Probably can. But it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, it's a process that takes place. But uh, I've never heard anybody in my life worry about Nick Saban more than uh, than Steve. I had a close friend is an Auburn uh, season ticket holder. And he can t- I could call him right now, and he could tell me more about Alabama recruiting than I ever thought I would know about. And he's an Auburn fan. I, I don't get that. <laughs> Keeping I- tabs on the that. enemy. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, guys, I-, I wanted to say this in closing. The Thunder Chicks, I saw the post on Twitter. It looks like y'all may have a few athletes out there this year. I, I-, I mean, I'm not sure, but, you know, you look more focused. I guess you could say <laughs> picture on on Twitter than uh, what I've seen before, but I, I wish the Thunder Chicks uh, great success. When does South season kick off? Eight days from today, so next Tuesday. We're almost there. Is it, uh, it going to be live on uh, on Sports Talk? <laughs> we, we, we need to have radio coverage. Yeah, we we got to we got to find some TV yeah. partners yeah. and, yeah. and heard, radio heard, partners. Heard ESPN two's looking at picking <laughs> yeah. us up. I mean, who? Who on that team has signed NIL contracts? That's what we're also trying to work through. You know, it's it's tough to work through all that at the same time. (laughs) I'm working on that. I'm working on that Mountain Dew NIL contract. (laughs) Hey Tom, with the profession that you're in, other than uh, being a firefighter, you know, you may work with Bud Light or uh, Budweiser or Miller Light. Somebody on NIL. There you go. Anyway, guys. Uh, y'all, y'all enjoy the rest of the evening, and uh, Steve, I love you, man, but come on, guys. you, you got to get real. And T-ball know. tonight, Keith, is that see. right? T-ball, yeah. T-ball tonight, 6.30. Uh, I think KB's going to be the starting third baseman for whatever that's worth. Well, let's go. But I can't wait to hear about bat. it tomorrow. Okay. He carries a heavy bat, so we'll see how he does. <laughs> <laughs> Give us y'all a rundown a tomorrow, all right? Yeah, I will. All right, that's our buddy Keith from Auburn joining us there on the program. Always good to hear from him, and uh, he's always been a big supporter of everything we've got going on. We've uh, gone out and played golf before with yep. Keith, and uh, the second straight year that he is going to strictly refer to us as the Thunder Chicks, not the Thunder <laughs> Chickens. Uh, but he always we refers gotta, to us as the Thunder Chicks. Need to get Chicks. an actual win, and then yeah. we can be the Chickens. Yeah, absolutely. Not you a know, forfeit win. Keith brought up an interesting point, and this is something I've been saying for a long time. Talk to uh, me about Auburn Goose. 
(laughs) (laughs) Auburn is never going to get out of the shadow of Alabama until everybody just stops worrying about Alabama. Alabama's been the gold standard for a long time. I get that. And, and, you know, they're, they're in the middle of probably the most dominant dynasty we've seen in college football. But Auburn is not Alabama. Auburn is Auburn. Auburn can't worry about what Alabama's doing. And, and so many fans and boosters and, you know, just people worry about Alabama so much. They stay up at night thinking about what Nick Saban's doing. Don't worry about Nick Saban. Worry about Auburn. Auburn's not going to get out of that shadow until they're not worried about being in it anymore. You know, you, and that's, that's my two cents on the matter. People, I'm sure, disagree. Well, they're the gold standard. Why shouldn't we try to imitate them? Whatever. There's a multitude of reasons. But, you know, you, you got you to be your own person. Yeah. You got to be your own person. And, and Auburn has to be Auburn. And those, those are when Auburn is at its best, when he says, hey, we're Auburn, we don't give a crap what Alabama's doing. You know, that's, that's how you're going to win. That's how you're going to start winning. That's how you're going to start competing. That's how you're going to start recruiting at that level. You cannot worry about them. The timeline aspect in a lot of this, too, is, is what's so interesting to me. Um, talking about, you know, the, the two years or so of just a yeah. talent difference. For sure, and I think with finding the, a way to even it out. I think with the way the transfer portal works right now, the the window has shortened mm-hmm. a little bit. But I still think you have to build your foundation from high school recruiting. So I think to to become a consistently great program does take about three years or so. And even when you do that, you've got to keep in mind that other schools are. Oh yeah, it's, it's not like your okay, your Auburn two biggest gets, rivals are the two best team most college football programs Alabama in the country. Alabama and Georgia right now. do not press pause. They're not hitting the pause button in yeah. the game to let other schools get a 3-year catch up and yeah. then everything's you know like they're still going to be doing their own thing and trying to level it all out. Yeah. And listen, if you're an Auburn fan and you're listening to this and saying, "Well, when Nick Saban retires, this is all going to be over." No. Alabama's going to get whoever yeah. they want. Whomever. That will be the best job in college football whenever Nick Saban retires. Now, I understand you don't ever want to be the guy who follows the guy. Whatever. It's Alabama. It is an inc- it is the the stockpile that Nick Saban has built up over these past decade or so uh, is two decades at this yeah. point. It is the best job in college football once he retires. Whoever they want, they're going to go out and say, hey, we want you. It won't be much of a negotiation. And, and of course, people might roll their eyes that I'm the one getting into this direction, but to, to speak to that and to add You're about to mention to Duke, pudding, aren't you? I need to. It, it mm. really is important. <laughs> a man, and I'm serious, though. Mm. <laughs> go ahead. No, 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 go on. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Tom, like, I, okay, I'm, I'm, the man I'm that led led the sport for 42 years right decides to walk away and we laughed about the college basketball list that was put out there but john shire already has the number one recruiting class this season next season and signed for 2024 three recruiting classes ahead he's already got the number one spot yeah and and so alabama is set up to do something similar to that if they choose to. And, and football is not basketball and, you know, all the recruiting differences. There's still time in those classes that he has signed. But you're right. It's it's Similar. Duke isn't going yeah. anywhere similarly yeah. to the way that Alabama is Coach not K going left, to go anywhere. But Duke is still going to be there. Yeah. yeah. Still going to be there. The one thing, and not like that this is going to happen anytime soon because I, I think we Keith mentioned it, Saban doesn't like he's going anywhere anytime soon. But yeah. when that day does come, 
Hopefully, it will. The man can't coach forever. Sure. But hopefully Auburn, uh, Auburn. Hopefully, Al- or, you know, if Alabama uh, learned from when Bear Bryant left, and they and they had trouble finding somebody. You know, they went through Ray Perkins, they went through Bill Curry. Um, they finally uh, got Gene Stallings, and they got him a national championship. But you know, they never could seem to find that next guy until finally Saban got there. But I mean, they you know they went through that run after Bear Bryant where they couldn't seem to figure out who they wanted. And, you know, maybe they've learned from, from that for the, the next time that this rolls around. The best timeline is the one where they actually hired, uh, hired Rich Rodriguez. And that's <laughs> all All my problems in life would just not exist. Let's take a, a timeout right here on Sports Call. When we come back, we'll celebrate our birthdays in sports and give you our best and worst of the weekend. Next, WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on the program, it's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy. Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, all inside our studios. We do this each and every day. Before we move further anymore, let's make sure we celebrate some birthdays in sports today. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today on June 13th, 2022. June 13th, 2022. Let's celebrate some birthdays, Tom. All right. Turning 33, Hassan Whiteside, current center for the Utah Jazz, second-round pick for the Kings in 2010-2016 NBA All-Defensive Second Team, 2017 NBA Rebounding Leader, two-time NBA Blocks Leader, 2016-22, G League Champion in 2013, and the NCAA Blocks Leader of 2010. Happy birthday, Hassan Whiteside. Definitely reached his prime already, but just a massive human being a, so a really large so guy and so uh, big. happy birthday Hassan Whiteside that's right uh, happy birthday to this guy drafted in the second round pick number 32 of the 2006 draft by the Houston Rockets he played forward for nine different NBA teams and retired in 2017 with the Milwaukee Bucks first team all Big East in 2006 happy 39th birthday Steve Novak a sharp shooter a fun guy to play with on 2K. His years with the Knicks were a lot of fun. Steve Novak, happy birthday to you. Turning 32 today is Vance McDonald, a former tight end for the San Francisco 49ers and the Pittsburgh Steelers, drafted in the second round of the 2013 NFL Draft by the 49ers, first team All-Conference USA in 2012. He retired in 2020 after eight seasons in the NFL. Happy birthday, Vance McDonald. Happy birthday indeed. Good tight end. Uh, happy 36th birthday to Jonathan Lucroy. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, it, it yeah, is. It is Lucroy. Uh, catcher drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers in 2007 MLB draft. Made his major league debut in 2010. He is a two, two-time All-Star 2014 and 2016. Set the school record for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns with 122 career RBIs, 414 total bases, and 54 doubles. He's currently a free agent. Happy 36th birthday, Jonathan Lucroy. Happy birthday indeed, 
Had to check the back of the sheet. And finally, turning 32 today is James McCann, the current catcher for the New York Mets, made his Major League debut in 2014 with the Detroit Tigers, named an All-Star in 2019 while the Chicago White Sox has called for two no-hitters. He played college baseball at Arkansas. Happy 32nd birthday, James McCann. Happy birthday indeed. Yeah, he came up a little bit uh, after Brian McCann. Yeah. No relation. No relation. Whatsoever. But you see a Major League Baseball starting catcher with the last name McCann, and instantly is, Braves country was like, wait, what? does Brian have a brother? Yeah. B-Mac's got a brother? No. No relation, unfortunately, but happy birthday. Our birthdays in sports here today on June 13th, Hassan Whiteside, Steve Novak, uh, Vance McDonald, Jonathan Lucroy, and James McCann all celebrating their birthdays today. All right, 887-3401, toll free at one tiger 9 Call in. We would like to hear from you. What was the best and worst of the weekend? We do that right now. Now time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Yes, best and worst of the weekend. Here we are. It is Monday, June 13th, 2022. Tom Peavy, the best of the weekend. Oh, man. I was so happy to see Tennessee get knocked off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was. Uh, I, I really was hoping to come in here and go, Auburn baseball, going to the World Series. Yeah. Hey, we got to wait for that. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I just I got so tired of Tennessee and Tennessee's antics. We know whether it be their head coach, Tony Vieto, where it be their players. And, I mean, you go all the way back to the regular season. Um, you know, their head coach gets suspended because he's out there chest-bumping umpires while he's arguing uh against in the auburn series he threw a bat back over into auburn celebration because god forbid somebody does a bat flip against tennessee because their guys are just pimping every single home run they do they've got the leopard jacket and the hat that says daddy and they're just and you got the guy flipping the outfielders off just an unbearable bunch of cocky you know what's and to see them get their comeuppance, I, I, I enjoyed it. And so congratulations to Notre Dame knocking off Tennessee. I think I speak for the vast majority of the country that good riddance Tennessee, you know, maybe learn to play with a little bit more class. I, it's not the – it's not that's not the reason they lost, but, you know, man, maybe maybe dial it back a little yeah. bit. Maybe, maybe have a little bit of class to you when, you, when, you're, uh, when you're out there playing. Because ultimately there was a major – shock factor involved with this simply because the regular season that the Tennessee Volunteers had was historic in every way you look at it. There had never been a greater 30-game run through the Southeastern Conference than what the Tennessee Vols did this season and yet, ultimately, it does not result right. in a trip to Omaha. And, and a lot of and nobody ten- saw that coming. Sure, honestly. And, and Tennessee fans are going to sit there and go, "Oh, you're just you're you're hating on it because they were good." And it's like, no, I I enjoy good baseball. I I love to see a team. If Tennessee was just a normal, average team, and they just kind of did that stuff within themselves, I would applaud what they did. I mean, you have it. You had a pitcher that's throwing 105 miles an hour. You had a team that was just blasting home runs at record pace they they had you know one of the best regular seasons that you have ever seen in college baseball i applaud that their skill set their players their ability to play i applaud that however the other stuff 
and the fact that you embrace it. You embrace that bad boy mentality. We're like the old school Detroit Pistons. We're like the old Miami Hurricane bad, you know. No, I see, I don't like that. Uh, and you can call it swagger. You can call it, you know, what I don't, I don't like that. There, there's a, I think there's a difference between having some swagger about you and just being an a-hole when you're out there. And that's what was going on with this is what it felt like yeah. is that they were, they were just, they, they took it a little bit over the top and they embraced it. I mean, for goodness sakes, I even saw where some of their fans had made T-shirts with a picture of the dude flipping the outfield right. off. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that's that's not. Like branding it as something awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, not yeah. something to be proud that's of. That's a barstool thing. Yeah, that's not something to be proud of. You can have some swagger and some cockiness about you. That's fine. But, I mean, Tennessee. Yeah, that was the best of the weekend. Good riddance, took, yeah, as they, you said. They, they took it a little bit too far. Their and season I, and that's, is over. That's why I think so many people celebrated that. Brant, give us the best of the weekend. Yeah, uh, Tom took a good one, uh, and I didn't have one prepared, so I'm going to piggyback off of his. Um, uh, yeah, Tennessee, I, I think class is overrated. I think that, you know, respect for the game, quote, unquote, is on its way out, and I think that's a good thing. I love bat flips. I love talking trash. I, I love showing emotion in baseball. This is doing too much. Everything they did was just too far. Uh, it's there. There comes a point where you're trying too hard, and it's just annoying. You're. It doesn't come naturally. If you have to force it, it sucks. We reached that point, and you reached that point about halfway through the season. So I mean, it, whatever. Bye, Tennessee. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy Good the riddance. trashiest fan base. I, I mean. Yeah, Lane. Kiff, I hope Lane Kiffin has that golf ball somewhere on his desk. Fans had stuff is thrown it, on the field too. Yeah, I well, saw. The, and this is the other and part of it in in the regional. Uh, you know, they they throw a strike. Uh, they call a strike. It was low. I mean, it could have been called as a tweener pitch. But you know, the batter turns around. You can read his lips. And I mean, he's dro- oh Drew Gilbert. Drew yeah. Gilbert. Yes, he's dropping f bombs at the umpire. I mean, he's yeah. literally cussing out the umpire using f bombs and everything. And when he gets tossed, he turns around with shocked face, just jaw agape, like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just kicked me <laughs> out!" Like, dude, you're cussing out <laughs> the umpire. Yeah, yeah. That's yelling, that's yelling obscenities. Behavior. Yelling obscenities at a pitcher for line drive singles. It's annoying, man. Yeah. yeah. Don't do that, Cam. Your best of the weekend. Uh, Tennessee getting kicked. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the best um, for sure. But uh, Braves continuing. Their, yeah, Cam brought this up a little go. bit earlier. Yeah. Let's celebrate yeah. the Braves. Atlanta Braves. Braves. Eleven yeah. in a row. Eleven in a row. Trump. I mean, we have the hot absolutely. I mean, just ugh, great baseball, man. Honestly, go Braves. Let's keep it up. Playing the Nationals tonight. There we go. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, that was my best of the weekend yeah, as well. Man. 11 straight yes. wins. 11 straight for wins, For the Braves. Man. Just it looked dicey on Saturday. They trailed by two in the seventh inning, and then they scored eight runs. Yeah. And then they scored eight runs. Including yeah. an Ozzie Albies grand slam Good that put him. them over the top. And he, he needed, needed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple of home that. runs now. He went homerless yeah. in the month of May because we were tracking all of those. Ozzie yes. Albies had six. In the first month, zero in the second month of the season. And now he's back rocking and rolling. Since Major League Baseball expanded in 1961, the longest winning streak by a reigning World Series champion is 12. 12. By the Houston Astros in 2018. And so the Braves have the chance (laughs) to tie it tonight. They have a chance to tie it. And the Braves' longest 
winning streak in their history is 14. That's what it getting is. Getting closer. Yeah, and so we're getting close to that. So that would be a cool cool uh, new record to set for the Braves. So, yeah, that's my best of the weekend. I'm super proud of the Braves. Um, hoping to Everybody get to a game. up and down the order has been yeah, contributing. Great, and, and we've been doing a great job. Which has been awesome. Let's keep it up. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping to go to a chop, game chop, sometime chop. soon, man. Chop on. I will be there yeah. next weekend for yep. the Dodgers I, game. Looking you and I will be it. at the same game. We're not going together, but we will both be in the stadium. We've discussed that, haven't we? Yeah, we've discussed it once, not on air. Okay, but here we are discussing it again. Lovely. Yes. All yes. right, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. Uh, Brent, how about a worst of the weekend from you? Worst of the weekend? I... Okay, Tom, how about a worst of the weekend from you? Uh, worst of the weekend would be Auburn's uh, Auburn's bats last night. Yeah. Um, against uh, uh, Jerpy. Um, just... And, I mean, you have to applaud him. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't so much that Auburn's bats just couldn't get it going. I was like, that dude was just so good. His stuff was wicked. Yeah. But... Dirty. Man, yeah, dude's the truth. I mean, when you you have a chance to win it, and you just, your offense just sputtered up and down on it, just I mean, just, not even just sputtered out. I mean, just looked flat, confused. They had no idea what was coming at them, how to respond to it. I mean, they're watching pitches right down the middle, swinging at pitches yeah. way out of the zone. They just had no idea what he was going to bring to them, and, and so that's a worst, just because you really. Hope that Auburn could uh, you figure something out with that, especially once they got second time through the lineup. Yeah, but man, they just they just never could get solid bat on the ball really at all against him. So uh, that would definitely be my worst. Just seeing that offense that had been producing so many hits and so many runs just look completely baffled up there at the plate by a pitcher. Didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, Cam, you have a worst of the weekend. I do. Um, kind of touched on it earlier, saying that I saw my girlfriend. Um, and her having her appendectomy. Um, so that sucks. Just kind of see her down and out like that um, as she's recovering. So, uh, yeah, that's worse of the weekend because hate to see that. Yeah. Um, but, but Lauren's on the come up. Yeah, she's on the come up. Lauren's on the come up. Road she'll, to recovery. Yeah, she'll she'll be back soon. Yeah, that that is unfortunate, but uh, glad that she's starting yeah. to feel better. Glad you got to see her. Yes. That brings a smile to everyone's face. So that's very, awesome. Very glad. Are you prepared now? Uh, I have one. He it's not one. great. Uh, I'm gonna go with the umpire strike zone <laughs> in uh, in game one there you go. Um, of the Corvallis Super Regional. That was uh, solid. Butch, That's Butch, to the Butch, side. Butch Thompson called it professional. I call it bad. That was uh, bad. It was it was uh, it was like you're trying to throw it down a straw. But did you, you know? s- did you see how he was standing? Did you notice how he was? Well, st- he was standing at an angle, and he you, wasn't. Umpires can do that, right? Right. Umpires but he do wasn't that. That's centered fine. still to no, kind of see a strike zone. You don't have zone. to be centered. <sighs> you don't have to be centered. Umpires, away, t- umpires are usually not centered. It took That's everything that most people don't the, know. It took umpires, everything from the outside. Umpires are usually not centered directly behind home plate. They are usually off to one side. Usually depends on the handedness of the batter that's, sure. that's at bat, but they can still effectively call balls and strikes. Uh, this guy could not. No, he wa- he wanted it down a pipe uh, to get a called strike, and it, it was just it was bad. But it was bad for both sides. I'll give him that. He was at least consistently, consistently wrong. Bad. Yes. So you know that that's one thing. No side really got an advantage of that one, but it, it was uh, it was just bad. It was bad, and the game deserved. How do you have a super regional and you let? That guy be on your crew, sure, because because he it's, he can't call balls and strikes. He can't. He, he can't do, do it. it. And that's and for game one, like that's a super important game. I mean, all three of these games are super important anyway. 
But it, but that guy just he I, was lost. He he wasn't up to it. He shouldn't have been calling a game that big. I, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add a worst from the Corvallis Regional that has nothing to do with the umpires. Oh, who is operating the dead uh, cameras on the broadcast? Yeah, 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 man. Oh my really god! Really bad. Oh goodness gracious! To to my understanding, JJ, you've worked with ESPN. I just know somebody who does. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Those camera people are locals, right? Yes. They they are always people who are usually students at the university. So, whoever that Oregon State student is, they must better. not have a very good broadcast. Well, yeah. Just to add to it, the uh, SEC network has been in effect since 2014. So Auburn and all of the Southeastern Conference schools have had a much longer runway to putting out product. Right. But yeah, it's it's really hard to deny the fact that. Uh, it's been pretty terrible. The, the broadcast as a whole has been pretty Mid. not great. Well, I mean, they spent two hours – or not two hours. They spent two whole innings yes. talking to Oregon State's former coach, and it's like, yeah. okay, like, yeah. you know, this is – you, You've had the entire regular season and a regional sure, to do this. If you want to interview him and, and do that, you know, for that long, you know, a midweek game that the Oregon State fans are watching, but this is national television, super regional, a very close game. It was a great game. And y'all are it was an objectively great dude. game. They, they're not even talking about no, the, game. the game. They're not giving no, you anything about the game. They're just busy having a conversation with their coach. And it was a great conversation. You learned a lot about Oregon State baseball history. But I don't care. Bro, it's Super Regionals. This is not the Oregon State broadcast. This, there's a, there's this is, a time and place. Yeah, and that was, that was not, not it. And it just went on and on and on and yeah. on and on. And so I didn't like that. But then, the, like I said, the camera work. So thankful for uh, for all the folks that you have here around Auburn. War Eagle um, Productions. The War Eagle Productions that put on a fant- fantastic production when they're there. You can definitely tell that whoever's operating in the truck and different cameras and things, maybe not. And they keep asking me to do play-by-play, maybe so not I'm grateful. Quite as, <laughs> maybe not quite as seasoned as some of the others we have around here. You can yeah. definitely tell yeah. there's some struggles going on All there. Right. Let's end with this. Dumb criminals who got busted by being <laughs> stupid. Uh, fool's justice. We do it every week. Here's one for you. Uh, how about this? Back in March 2016, the Granite Shoals Police Department in Texas issued a very special warning on its Facebook page that declared, quote, if you have recently purchased meth or heroin in Central Texas, please take it to the local police or sheriff's department so it can be screened with a special device. Do not use it until it has been properly checked for possible Ebola contamination. The message, of course, was a ruse. Regardless, quote, concerned citizen Chastity Hotspin reportedly did her duty by bringing in her sample of an illegal substance to be examined. She was promptly arrested and held on a $5,000 bond. Oh, jeez. That made Don't, the job uh, easier for the police yeah, officers. a little bit easier. If you're, <laughs> if you're like, doing hard drugs, like yeah. cocaine and methamphetamine and heroin, do you care what's in it? Yeah. I feel like, I feel yeah. like no, you don't want to put yeah. Ebola in your body, but I don't want to put meth in my body right. either. My, just, just a thought. My, just my, a thought. Like I just got through watching chase. Breaking Bad. I just finished Breaking Bad. It's ah. a fantastic show. Watch it if you haven't, uh, and you're into, like, super Dude. dark dramas. <laughs> My uh, my thing my thing is this is like that type of that type of uh, bust has been going on for a while now. They they have done there's they, several stories like there's that. A yeah. lot of police departments have done that type of a ruse to to 
How are you still falling for this? <laughs> yeah. Sigh. If you're scared that your meth has Ebola in it, then <laughs> don't do it. D- flush don't. it. Yeah, flush yeah. it and go sell move it. Move on with go your life. Well, I don't know. I don't know about flush it. It's super freaking expensive, but right. flush I, it. Flush it. I don't know. I've more. never bought it. I haven't either. I've watched a TV show that's centered around the making and selling of meth, and it is very expensive. He's right. <laughs> very very good show. <laughs> but don't take it to the, don't. Don't take it to the cops. Hey, here's my. You're also you're also like people addicted to meth. You're expecting them to act rationally. Well, this is true. Oh man, it's like that stuff messes with you, man. It's it's very. It makes me laugh though. I mean, it's funny. They said, "Do not use this. Please bring it into the police department." I will. We can screen it and give it back to you. Yes, I I will say this: a lot of attorneys out there will look at entrapment. Oh yeah, on that. Ah, that's a thought. Let's uh let's do a nightly TV guide before we get out of here. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. It's our nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by your local TK's convenience store to pick up a variety pack of White Claw. The Green Mile tonight at 6 on AMC. Have you ever seen it? I have not, but... It's a good one. What is that movie it's a about? Great one. I know it's a good one. Michael Clark Duncan. He is uh, falsely accused of murder, and he's uh, on, on death row. On death row. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is okay. this, but he has right? these superpowers that can heal at many. Yeah, ultimately I need to get, check that out. Oh uh, yeah, it's Frozen it's at six on Disney Channel. I have not seen that I one. Said, I figured you would uh, It's that a good one. one. I actually Frozen have not seen classic. that one. I figured you Frozen, the, it's not a classic. It's um, a, but it's good. <laughs> I figured you were like classic running around. Generation. I just pictured JJ dancing around singing, you know, Let It Snow. and I do sing that from time mm. to time. Uh, Atlanta Braves, Washington Nationals, 6 o'clock on Valley Sports South. 12 in a row. Check it out. Uh, baseball tonight, Auburn and Oregon State on television. Woo. ESPN 2. 6.30, first pitch. You can also watch, or excuse me, listen on FM Talk 93.9. And then finally, Athletes Unlimited Softball tonight at 7.30 on it's ESPN. National Softball Day, I think I yes, saw earlier today. it is. It is. You are exactly right. Also, so, NBA Finals tonight. Yes, NBA yeah. Finals tonight. It'll game be five. Game 5, 8 o'clock on ABC. The Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics, that series is tied at 2. And that does it. We did it. Not, it's not let it snow, it's let it go. Yeah. That's the song that I could see JJ <laughs> running Let it around go. Soon. There you go. Look let it that. snow. Oh, gosh. Let it do all the above. Uh, Tom, yeah, I, I see, he's never seen the movie. I can take some <laughs> snow right now because it feels like it's 107 <laughs> hey, man, degrees golly, outside. Is, is, that is actually what the weather app said it feels Jeez. like outside, 107. Tom, I'll it see you uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Brant, we'll see you later in the week as well. You sure will. Cam, good to see you. Yes, sir. Thanks to Auburn women's basketball head coach Johnny Harris for stopping by. Kevin Ives as well. Alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.